Hello, and welcome back to the Arc of E podcast. My name is Noah. And uh, my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers. But today, it's a very special, special episode. We are joined once again by the long-lost Brothers Blanchard. Their triumphant return to the Arc of E network. Say hello, boys. Hello, boys. Uh, (laughs) I am Matthew Blanchard. And with me, as always, is my older brother. Patrick Blanchard. And we're here because you guys wanted to talk some shit about some movie that uh, that came out yesterday. Yeah, uh, I I vaguely floated it, and you sounded interested more at the time. <laughs> Maybe you were just sure, in good spirits because sure. you know we're having a fun pitch session. We'll talk about that indeed, another time. Uh, but yeah, I'm it's always like, game to talk about you know three year old movies that have suddenly been improved. And suddenly get a director's cut yes so uh we're here uh it's it's the snyder cut it's the justice league episode uh did i correct me if i'm wrong did you and i review the first one on a on a four color arc i could have sworn we did i'm pretty uh, sure we I don't did. remember saying anything charitable about it but no and i have not gone back to that episode so you know maybe i'll repost that along with this one so people can get the, the comparison. But uh, we decided to get the, the whole Cousins Blanchard crew together, an all Blanchard review. We've done this a couple of times. Uh, but yeah, we needed all four of us, one for each hour, right? Right. And I don't know about you boys. I, I, only wa- I only watched the third one. So I'm hoping you can fill me in on Perfect. everything else. I've that got happened. hour two. <laughs> okay. We really should have planned this and communicated better. Um, <laughs> that third hour it was it was what it was it, it truly was uh i I, uh, I watched the first hour and i took a break and watched the prowler and then i started <laughs> well it's about damn time i i've done this already we, we you need to watch was, the prowler more more yeah, prowler it's a second viewing we did this once before and, and Noah wasn't happy it's true it, so you know anyway shout out to uh the prowler 19 whatever uh yeah. Patrick, I know it took every ounce of effort in you when I asked, hey, do you want to recommend a movie for a two-by-two retro review? Because we want to do a crossover episode. That's that's something to look forward to, people. But I know it took everything for you not to mention The Prowler. I'm really like proud of you for the you, progress. You, you have you have no idea how many times I, I started uh, that, that message with <laughs> The Prowler and then delete. I... You know, you could, it was your perfect opportunity to, to force us all to sit down and discuss it, which we could still do at some point. Anyways, Justice League, that's what's on the table today. Before we get into the movie proper, I have kind of two overall questions I want to pitch to the room, the Zoom, as it were. Okay. The Zoom room? Is that what you're calling it? The Zoom room, baby. Nah, that's a copyright in turn, man. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay. I don't Never want mind. to get sued. Yeah. Let's not get dinged. Let's not do that. Okay. Um, and we can approach this in whatever order you want to, but I figured we would kind of take the pulse of everybody right now. I want to know two things. What's your relationship to Zack Snyder as a filmmaker going into this project and your excitement level for it in general? And then also, how do you feel about the current state of the DCEU, as it were, and where it stands right now? Were you, were you excited for this given the last few movies we've had? Whoever wants to jump in, please do. Ooh, that's a 
That's a lot. Don't uh, all don't all speak at once, boys. <laughs> I'll unpack this uh, in, in a couple of different ways. Let's start with the Zack Snyder piece. I honestly have not been a huge Snyder fan, right? Uh, uh, most of my criticisms of his work, his work will come up in my review of this movie. Um, I feel like he has a very uh, narrow pastiche and style that he doesn't stray too far from. I think the best movie he ever made was a remake of another movie. Um, and, and to be fair, I think uh, a lot of what creeps into his work is this sort of weird uh, Ayn Randian ethos that I, I'm not sure I like it, but it's mm-hmm. everywhere in everything he does. Uh, but I did enjoy Man of Steel, right? And I, I, I enjoyed BVS a lot more than other people. So I was, I was more interested in giving this a shot to see if it, it lived up to what, it, what he wanted it to be or what he built it as. Um, so I don't have much of a relationship with Zack Snyder, the director. Uh, I do have a relationship with Zack Snyder, the DC comic storyteller. Um, and that's a fraught relationship. Uh, I don't always agree with his choices, uh, even though I give them more credence than some people. Uh, as for the, the DCEU and where it is and how I feel about it, uh, I, don't know wh- <laughs> I don't know that I understand where it is or where it's going or what to feel about it. Um, I think that's a great like Shazam. More yeah. movies like Shazam. That's what it needs. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Uh, guilty right here that's the only one i haven't seen it watch shazam it's it's absolutely the best one of all of them i'd say it's even better than wonder woman it it threads the needle on this whole dark ethos that they have to put forward in the dceu uh, Mm -hmm. but with enough hope and light and humor and levity and humanity uh that there's more than just the grim gritty of snyder or the the muted tones or the hyper extenuated tones of uh patty jenkins is it jenkins right yes yeah yes. Jenkins. yeah like it's 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 what's needed more than anything else um sure. it's 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 vibrant storytelling that hits i don't know if you can be a child and enjoy man of steel bvs mm-hmm. no. and justice no. league uh, but you can be a child and an adult and enjoy Shazam. It works on the levels that I feel epic comic storytelling should work. Um, Absolutely. I don't, I I don't know if we're going to get more of that, but. Well, I will have we're to getting ch- Shazam 2. So yeah. that might continue in that direction. Uh, and, and the Flash uh, movie may be interesting if it's still going on the course that it was the last time we were updated on where that movie is going Mm -hmm. um if that if it gets there i don't know uh if there ever is a flash movie considering it was announced in 2016 and it is now 2021 and they haven't even started shooting right uh gab you want to jump in thoughts on snyder um, well, my relationship with him is that I met him at a party once. <laughs> I wanted to be in a movie, and I was like, "What? What are you doing?" And he was like, "I'm going to remake this George Romero movie from the '70s." And I was like, "Oh my god, no!" And like a couple months later, you know, I'm at the movie theater and I see it. I'm like, "Oh my god, these things are running! It's crazy!" 
who the fuck is oh my god it's zach it's the guy i met at the party um so this guy you, well you ruined your big break he had nothing you know he gave you yeah. the opportunity he okay. gave me the out completely and i was just like um i really enjoyed that um I missed the boat on 300. I feel like I saw it way after everybody did. And then pretty much after that, they were all the same. There's no, there's not what, there's nothing different about it. And it's like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if you want to say he's fooling people that like, oh, he can do this, he can do that. I'll give it to him that like the, the flash scene in this one where he, you know, saves the girl from the car stuff like that is really neat, really cool. And I can be like, that's great. Let's, let's do more of that. But I also don't need like a slow-mo let's murder the, the, uh, the Wayne family in an intro. And right. I've seen it like five times on screen already. I don't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, this and, as and a whole, I'll give you this. I can appreciate um, it. Yeah. I can appreciate it too visually, but I think, I, I don't think he's fooling everyone, but I think, the fact that he can compose a very beautiful shot that is entirely made out of slow motion doesn't mean that he's a good director. It means he <laughs> has a good storyboard artist who works for him. Mm-hmm. He, you know? That's why this movie's uh, four hours, right? All the slow mo. Oh yeah. You take the, I, I was I clocked some of it, right? Yeah. That truck, uh, and we'll get into this more. But the the truck with the bad guys on it pulling up to the uh, the the robbery in London for Wonder Woman to break up, right? Yes. That car is probably doing like 10 miles an hour. It takes 50 seconds for it to go three blocks. <laughs> I, no, I don't need that in a movie. So I want to just get there. Go. Where, See what, where, what where I are they want. At? Where are they at in that scene? That's... Uh, it, was, it was right before they, the, the bad guys go into the, the museum. Is that, in London? Blow is that in London? I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay, it's I don't just, see the purpose of it. It's just a shot of their truck driving by, and it just okay. There it is. Yep, it's still there. Yep, yep, there it is. I don't need a three-minute establishing shot of a truck. See what what I want is somebody to direct through Snyder. Mm-hmm. In that, he he is he is more than your classic dp he is the director he is the visual director he sets everything he hits the the snyder visuals and somebody else puts it together somebody else gets the emotional performance out of the actors somebody else arranges the scenes in a cohesive order Mm -hmm. and it's almost like like just zach you're going to put our visuals together. You are going to be the guy that does all the framework, does everything, but uh, let's, let's leave the humanity to anybody else. Yeah. I figured it out, guys. I, I figured it out. Zack Snyder once heard at a party that people complain too much about how fast Michael Bay stuff is. And so he's like, oh, I can do that. And he's just slowing everything down because he's probably like, oh, yeah, I make movies for 13-year-old boys. Oh, yeah, all day long. Oh, Michael Bay's kind of taking it back. I'm going to amp it up. But what am I going to do? I'm going to slow it down and it's going to look really cool. Like, that's just it. He's like slow-mo Michael Bay. We'll just call him that. I would be fascinated yes. to see Michael Bay's Justice League. Oh, God. I would be fascinated to see Zack Snyder's Transformers. That would be, yeah, I, honestly, I would. I would yes. love that. I think Let's that would be a them. neat thing to do. For sure. It could be, no, listen, here, we pitch it this way. It's like a Netflix series. 
and we get two different directors and they each have to direct one scene, but it's like a scene from the other's movie and you flip flop. And I'm like, who, what's the other guy going to do in this like infamous scene from their classic movie or whatever? You should, we should just, let's pitch it. Why not? So a 17 minute Optimus Prime transformation. <laughs> hey, I'm all about it. Yeah. It'll be the It'll be best synchro every Optimus gear. Prime transformation you've ever seen. Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Gav and, and yeah. or Patrick, thoughts, uh, you know, your excitement level for a DC movie in general these days. And it doesn't, you don't have to play the Marvel comparison game, but how, how do you feel about it as, a, as an overall franchise, the movies we've gotten so far, you know, where you at I- with it? I, I'm I'm excited about every DC universe movie when it is announced. Uh-huh. Uh <laughs> Sometimes the process it takes uh, to get to the film uh, to market, I'm like, I will wait until I can see that for free. Right. <laughs> and then uh, one of those times, I uh, severely kicked myself in the ass for that because. I was like, eh, I'm, I'll wait and see on it. But I, I, I loved uh, Harley Quinn. Oh, Bird's Prey. Oh, yeah, that Bird's was Prey. That was very, very it, good. Agreed. It, oh, yeah. And it, it, I still haven't seen that one. It, it, it took uh, characters who have a completely different origin and, and form in comics and transferred them to this medium in a way that made sense and progressed the story. And I like the performances. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, I'm I'm always I am living in the age that I dreamed of when I was twelve. There is nothing but comic book movies, right? Um, so I'm always excited for any comic book movie uh, when it is announced. Uh, however, uh, unlike comics that used to come monthly, I have to wait, and then there are things that uh, creep in. It's like, oh, gee. I'm really excited about this screen movie. Let me uh, let me let me uh, follow that for a bit. Oh, Great. it's competing with this comic book movie. Uh, I have to sleep at some point, so my my attentions do get divided now. But uh, I, I I'm always excited for comic book movies, regardless of uh, publisher. Uh, it's 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 the storytelling that I grew up with. So it's it's neat for me to always. It's always not. It's not what I. I always expect it to be. The changes are great, and sometimes they're not. Like there, there's a specific scene uh, at at the end of the Snyder where I was just like, "Oh, oh, oh, that's that's the Batmobile." They, they, they pulled back. I'm like, "Oh, oh, that's the that's the tank. That's that's what I've been waiting to see since I was 11 years old." Um. And then I realized uh, I kind of don't want to see it because I really don't like that version of Batman anymore. Uh, You're taking my talking points? (laughs) You're getting to them early. (laughs) Okay. I like this. Uh, That's like page four of my notes. Oh, you have more than one page? Yeah. I have like four bullet points. That's it. They're really short. Better than Whedon still sucks. (laughs) Wish it were better. Ending is tacked on. I watched um, the movie. There's yeah, uh, called notes. I'm right. I'm right there with <laughs> yeah, you. Here we here we go. It uh, was enough yeah. to get me to finish this thing at 5 a.m. this morning. Uh, yeah, I did. I did my due diligence. I laid my eyes on it. Fair. That's fair. 
Okay, number number one. Damn, it's four hours because all the slow mo. Already got to that one. <laughs> okay, nobody can fucking drive in this in this movie. Um, okay, these motherfuckers need their own movies, and okay, it should be it's our time now, not how do we catch up? Because that's what I like. Okay, I'm gonna ask a question. Who who runs the Warner Brothers comic cinematic universe, whatever it is? Who 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 runs it? Who's in charge of it? No one. Uh, I mean, uh, no one. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the difference. as of right now i don't know who you don't um, but you know, know who kevin feige who is right yeah, Feige or absolutely. whatever his name is uh, that that's feige, my yes there's a there's somebody it's almost like yeah, they, yeah. The, the steve job effect he comes out he shows you the iphone and you're like holy shit that's great same thing with this guy if i got a problem with a marvel movie i don't think of the director i don't think of the actors i'm like this is the dude i'm thinking of because he came out and said like he's the president of the studio this is on him. And I feel like because there's no one dude that's out there being like, this is what we're doing. This is how we're moving forward. And, you know, tough shit. There's, it's easy to not really care as much because you don't seem to have one person that like has your interests in mind that's going to like shepherd and guide these things to be what you want them to be. And so yeah. that aspect of it, I feel like just keeps it to where I'm excited when, like Patrick said, when I hear that they're announced, but when I actually get to them, I, it, they're, you know, they're recently, I, I just feel like maybe they hit the mark with TV better than they have with movies, just because it was a space for them to flesh out characters way better. And mm -hmm. as much as I'm like, do I should, I shouldn't have to go to TV to get something from the, you know, the, for the movie cinematic universe, I'd be willing to do that if I was told by some big guy, like, Hey, you really ought to pay attention to this because if you love this, you're going to love this. When it, this movie comes out, Not, you don't have to, we're going to give it to you where you can understand it without it. But if you watch this show, arrow flash, whatever it is, if you watch this and then you go check this movie out, you're going to be one of those kids in the theater. It's like, aha. Okay. They made this thing for me because I got my time invested. Not, Oh, okay. Well, that was a neat movie. What, what are we doing now? You know what I mean? And I just maybe, maybe no. I, it's just mm -hmm. I can think of as to why it may not just doesn't hit the same for me. Because again, if a Marvel movie messes up, I got somebody I can look to and be like, fuck are you doing, man? Like what's going on here? You know? Yeah. Sure. I agree with that. Like, why did you let Shane Black direct and write? I mean, damn. <laughs> Ruin a damn Iron Man, why don't you? We can I don't save like that Iron for, Man three. We can save that for our MCU reassessment. Uh, you know, five years from now, after they finish whatever phase they're on. I, don't I think Iron Man three was just missing a, a lot of like pussy jokes, like Predator level pussy jokes, and it would have been a lot better movie. That's just my opinion. It was missing Shane Black himself. Yeah, yeah, too. Yes, yeah. uh, he's not his own movies. I still it's not say good. it's a thousand times better than Iron Man two. Oh, of course, yeah. No nah, man, I like Mickey Rourke. I I was gonna say I like Whiplash quite a bit, and I also I like Mickey Rourke. He's love... the only thing I like in that movie. <laughs> Sam, Rock, Sam Rockwell. Oh no, yeah, no he's love for Sam, Sam Rockwell. Rockwell. Okay, you're right. You're right. I I love Mickey Rourke, and I do love Sam Rockwell dancing. So uh, yeah. So but the rest points. of the movie. Can so go two points. Disappear. There we go. Okay. Uh, anyways, any any other kind of overall thoughts? Uh, I I should say, I. I like Zack Snyder. I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's one of our great auteurs, but he, he does have a style. Uh, 
Huge fan of Dawn of the Dead. We've already mentioned that. See, I, I think that's why I'm a fan of Dawn of the Dead more than anything else, because it doesn't have the Zack Snyder style yet. Right. True. It's kind of un, unformed. Absolutely. It's kind of, you know, a lot of that. I'm, I'm curious when we get uh, Army of the Dead in what, like two months? The Netflix movie? Uh, yes. I think it's uh, at one point I knew when it was coming out. I'm curious how much of that is going to be a departure from what has kind of become the tenets of his style in the last few years now that he's moving outside of franchise ip and and kind of doing his own thing uh i'm i'm very interested in that one anyways i i may be the lone like i i kind of want to stick up for watchmen a bit because of my because of my reaction to it at the time and i still kind of think it's the best possible like strict adaptation of that movie that we probably could have gotten at that point. Um, having seen like what Lindelof and company did with the series. Um, yeah. I kind of wish it had been a little more of an adaptation and not as like slavishly um, devoted to the source material to a fault almost until it's not until it arbitrarily decides not to be. But um yeah, but that Overall, arbitrary decision was one of the best decisions to make for the transfer of medium. I, I agree exactly in 10% with that statement, Patrick. Yes. And I, and I, I, in retrospect, when I've gone back to it and I do enjoy, you know, the ultimate cut with the animation sliced in all of that stuff. Um, I, I still wish that there was a little more embellishment or a little more, here's what I want to bring to this story other than just, here's me presenting it to you very much the like Robert Rodriguez Sin City style of like, I'm just going to let these panels speak for themselves. And it works much better in that case than it does with something that is, you know, as, as fantastic as Watchmen. But anyways, so far, I, I agree with you, Matt. I was actually a pretty big fan of BVS. I know people hate that movie, but I really enjoyed it in the theater. I like the extended cut and as we kind of transition into actually talking about Justice League, it very much feels like a sequel to the ultimate or extended director's cut of BVS in a lot of ways. So the continuity there, I actually appreciate. Uh, so, I, yeah. He has peaks and valleys, um, yeah. but I, I'm, still, I'm still holding out hope that like, he might he might change things up a bit and maybe this army of the dead movie is a step in a new direction now that he's kind of free of the dc of it all i'm interested to see where he goes now he could total i could watch this on netflix in two months and be like all right i think i can kind of check out on this guy for a while but i'm i'm hoping that uh that he actually gets me reinvested uh okay any, any other overall thoughts? You guys want to dive into this? And we do not, by all means, let, let's not make this a scene-by-scene dissertation of this four-hour movie. Jump in with any thoughts you have, good, negative, indifferent, uh, wherever you guys uh, want to well, take it. I'll start with the most, the first thing you're confronted with in the movie. How did you guys feel about the 4-3 aspect ratio for this? I enjoyed. Oh. It. I 
I, I enjoyed it as well. I don't, it, it did kind of catch me off guard as did honestly, the fact that this was going to be rated R, which I didn't realize until I like was about to start it. I missed that yeah. somehow. Um, but yeah, the four, three of it all, I, I don't know. I wish I had a different setup. I wish I had already upgraded my, my TV to, to 4k, uh, you know, a little bit wider screen to get that. Di- and I, it, if anything, it kind of made me regret that I was not seeing this in a theater in, in crazy four, three aspect ratio, like uh, the lighthouse uh, from the other year, which I saw was lucky enough to see in a theater and was very much, you know, imposing it. it the intent worked. So. Yeah. Uh, yes. It, yeah. It, it did for the lighthouse. I yes. don't know if it did here. Oh no. I, I don't and, feel that it did here. And that's, I, but it, but yes, it might I have on the, the failing of might it might have. But I feel like the failing of 4.3 here, um, I think the reason it doesn't work is because I've seen this movie in scope, mm-hmm. right? I've, I've seen it in a cut where it's 16 by 9. I've, I know what that frame looks like. And it just, to me, this made it feel like I was watching TV. Right. Which I think, you know? which I think oddly would have worked if the original release model for this was still intact, where it was going to be four individual episodes, I I think that maybe would have played a little stronger. It did what I, as soon as I kind of keyed into it, I was like, I like this because it has almost that rigid framework of like a watchman where it is panel, panel, panel. And occasionally we get the equivalent of a splash page I almost would have liked if he went full widescreen in some in some sequences and transitioned yeah. back and forth. But um, yeah, overall, I, I mean, it felt like a bit of an arbitrary choice, but I also feel like it's mainly a choice to distinguish it from the previous iteration yeah. of this movie and truly make it, this is my vision of, of everything. Yeah. So. And if that was the reason, I, then I don't think it was truly necessary because I think this distinguishes itself pretty much from the word jump. Absolutely. Right? I like, was going to say- There's when, no mistaking these two movies. When you said, uh, let's talk about the opening, I forgot about that little uh, Chiron that we get in the opening that tells us about the 4-3. I thought you were going to say, let's let's deal with the uh, Superman, what you're confronted with immediately, which is Superman screaming for about, oh, about four or five yeah. minutes straight. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, I feel really that announces the tone. Yeah, really announces the tone of. Uh, but I will say it is a market improvement over that absolutely trash cover of Everybody Knows used in the previous version, which feels like it was a Snyder choice, just simply it because it's it because, because it's Leonard Cohen. But also at the same time, you're like, I feel like if Snyder was the one who picked that and it wasn't a Snyder date adjacent thing, that it would have been the original version. Cause we've seen, I mean, Watchmen, we've seen him use the original version, not a cover. I thought that was almost a Whedon thing of like, well, this is my cover of this Zack Snyder movie. So let me use a, a Leonard Cohen cover. Right. I thought it was a very meta thing. There's a lot of meta bullshit in that iteration of the movie, which thankfully is yeah. not really present here at all. Yes, agreed. Um, but the thing that I, the, the, one of the things that I like that is a very different beyond just the five minutes of Superman screaming, um, <laughs> which does it's that, that slow motion Zack Snyder starts right off. Uh, it, 
what I like is that he takes his time to establish the the sort of aftermath of Superman's death, right? Which Joss Whedon cut down to just the length of that that Sia cover of uh, everybody knows. Yes. It's not Sia, uh, whatever her name was. That whoever it is, it's dreadful. Some Scandinavian, and it, and it, and it should it's it not should good. not have been done. It should not have been no. a part of that film. But it, in allowing the sort of grief over the loss of Superman to take its time, it it brings us back into the emotional stakes from the end of Batman v Superman, rather than immediately diving us into something else, which is what Whedon's cut does, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a full 20 minutes before we get that shot in London with the Superman flag hanging on that bridge. Mm-hmm. That's literally, I think, minute three. I of, think that's part uh, of that opening movie. montage. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and it, if you're watching it and kind of letting it all play out, it gives you the time to sink into it, which I think is very useful for this, uh, for this film because taking the time to invest yourself in the stakes a little bit more and well giving it more stakes by having uh steppenwolf be more of a threat and dark side being more on top of that it gives the movie a weight that the other version just did not have in any way shape or form mm-hmm. um sorry anybody want to jump in i i have a huge huge sticking point uh, of me just 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 wanting to hate this movie and it comes way later in the movie and it involves martha okay feel free to jump jump around does it involve martha or not martha it involves not martha because i have that exact same issue because i have that well i have two issues with martha my my Um, issue is for this she it she's in this movie for that scene and the emotional hug of superman when it comes later But the thing, the thing that pisses me off is that scene is the most Martha Kent that mm-hmm. I have seen through three movies, now four movies. Yes. You know, I'd say be- it's the second most Martha Kent thing. I, I would say that the, the thing in Man of Steel with young Clark at school, having just had the x-ray vision right. uh, burst and being scared and her talking him through that. I'd say that's the most Martha we have in the movie but this is right up there but she's and then there. they fucking take it away they yes, cut I it was, out yeah and give it and give it to the martian manhunter and it yeah. just it just i was like ah oh, i felt betrayed i was like mm-hmm. I, i'm there Absolutely. i'm there with i'm there with superman's mom superman's mom is grieving she she she's lost her husband she's lost her son she has lost her son in a way that nobody can understand because he's superman and the only person yeah. that can understand is lois and she is trying to get lois to join the world she's doing the mom thing she's doing the martha kent mother of superman thing and mm-hmm. then and, and it's working you can you can see um, another thing that ticks me off is how underutilized amy adams is but that's a whole nother point mm-hmm. um yeah and you, you see it working and, and she's the, the actress, they're connecting in ways that you, you don't get scenes with women that connect like this. And in superhero movies where the focus is not women, but it's there, yeah. like it was, it was, it was a scene and it, 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 I was in it. And then she goes out and the eyes glow and it's not Martha. 
It, it just, it ruined the entire yeah. scene for me uh, because it robbed me of my emotional connection. Agreed. I'm like, oh, I'm so ticked. And given what we uh, get later, kind of unnecessary because you could argue well, the other reintroduction works. of Martian Manhunter works perfectly fine. We, did, we didn't need that in there. Yeah, I'd say it's worse because of that scene, right? Because both of those are reverse engineering a story to include a character that was not originally in it. Right. Right. That Martha Kent scene as shot was a Martha Kent scene, right? The, the decision to make Harry Lennox Martian Manhunter happened after the fact. The, the, the end footage, that was shot like last year. Right? Mm-hmm. And the insert shot of the, the shift also shot last year. Um, Snyder was in doing an interview. Originally, the scripted scene at the end with Bruce talking to somebody was supposed to be John Stewart. It was supposed to be uh, Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they cut it and put it back in when they were looking for some way to stitch in Martian Manhunter. And the Martha Kent scene, I can only imagine, was, was rejiggered to work that way to set up the ending, to remind us of uh, General Swanwick yeah. uh, so that we would be familiar with the voice. So when we see him as, as John Jones, we'd be like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a point that I was actually talking to Patrick about the other day. Really kind of, it, it clicked in my head. It's one of those moments where you're like, wait a minute, that son of a bitch just stole everything from the TV shows. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, what's the big finale in Man of Steel, right? So, the idea is uh, Clark comes up with a way to use his Kryptonian relic to connect to Zod's Kryptonian relic to suck all of them back into the Phantom Zone. Is that what was happening in that last like yeah, 45 that's... minutes of, of just utter destruction? <laughs> in the middle chaos? of the destruction born. Okay. That is what happened. Uh, and in the end, they have to, you know, fight and he has to kill Zod in order to beat him. That's cool. Great. For those of you uh, listening who watched Smallville, you might recognize that that is also the ending of Smallville season nine, in which Zod is a clone. And Clark has to use a Kryptonian relic to get all of Zod's clone army to suck back into the Phantom Zone. And they have to fight and Clark wins that battle by letting Zod kill him. So it's just it's that little twist, right? And then you have this Martian Manhunter thing, which was created whole cloth for the Snyder Cut. Wasn't part of the original film. Well, you have this military uh, character who is you know, it presented as an antagonist. And then we get the twist that he's really on Superman's side, right? That's, that's what we're getting. Well, that happened in season one of Supergirl, where uh-huh. they introduced this, uh, this character who, oddly enough, was uh, used the same name as the cyborg Superman, Hank Henshaw, and ended up being Martian Manhunter. So it's, it's like, I, it's great that you want to give us these beats. Give us fresh beats. Stop recycling these things that we watched on TV four years ago mm-hmm. or more. Or the ending of Superman. Or the ending of fucking Superman. Yes, yes. <laughs> In this movie, when Barry Allen repeats the ending of Superman by turning time back so we can start over. 
Fair point. I I went so Barry Allen resetting time is you know kind of a <laughs> that's a flash beat. I'll give him that. I mean, yeah. Uh, at at the end, uh, TV TVs aren't as durable as they were when I was a kid, so I couldn't throw anything at it. That's fair. Sure. But uh, at the end of this movie, not the epilogue, the epilogue uh, made me want to throw more stuff, but the actual ending made me want to throw something at the television because I was I was like, this is what I've been waiting for. This is the end because. All right. I made the mistake, guys, like Tuesday night. I I watched the Whedon cut. So I would be able to compare. I can't I can't even imagine going back to that and then sitting through this again well for me it was only the second time i watched it i fought once in the theater and Mm -hmm. then on tuesday yeah again i should have done that but i didn't yeah gavin had you seen did you see the original because i don't remember if we ever talked about it it. okay i waited until it came to streaming or whatever but yeah no i watched it then i I saw it in the theater because i have a brother who's a huge justice league and superman fan Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's my question though. like where's where's the justice though like it, <laughs> there's no core my hot take not enough justice not enough justice. justice league picture because you, you and me now boy what they um i will right. say this though uh, there's certainly more of a league in this there's certainly more of a team in this cut than they were in mm-hmm. in whedon's cut and that's kind of the striking thing for me is not so much what was in Snyder's version, but the stuff that Whedon went out of his way to remove uh-huh. from Snyder's version, right? Like all of the stuff they did to add internal strife to the team that wasn't right. necessary. Um, all the stuff to, uh, to pull out Ray Fisher and well, replace him with these overly unnecessary comedic beats for uh, for Ezra Miller. And, and I, I and saw the, that and the, look. And the third, <laughs> were you the about third, to go into Whedon? No, and Fisher well, maybe not, not, not Whedon Fisher. Oh, okay. But no, in the 32 seconds it takes for Wonder Woman to tell that little girl she can be anything she wants to be. Why mm-hmm. the fuck wasn't that in the movie? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But the, I, I saw I saw your eyes light up, and I had a comment I was going to make about Whedon and Fisher. Well, and by all I'm means, not going to go into the 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 real controversy or the real meat of it. Um, mm-hmm. But I am going to say it is absolutely hard for me to dismiss it now, because there is no way that you're a director who goes out of your way to excise that performance from your movie, right? Unless you've got a personal issue with that actor. 100%. There's just no, no logical reason. Because that performance is the strongest performance in the whole fucking movie. Absolutely. The reason I lit up is because I do want to jump in and say the ultimate, vic- the ultimate takeaway and victory of this movie for me is 100% the Ray Fisher performance and the cyborg character. Yeah. who He still popped in my first viewing of Justice League. That's a testament to how strong he is just in general, where I still was like, yeah. this guy was great. Seeing the full breadth of the origin story and him really being kind of the linchpin for a lot of the action in the movie and totally like, you know, carrying his weight, all of that. I, 
I can't imagine it without it. And I, I don't yeah. understand the instinct to pull that out for, for me. I have no, I, I never really got into the teen Titans TV show. I don't have a lot of familiarity with cyborg as a character. That one Joe Morton monologue uh, on the tape recorder, the first time that kind of takes you through the, everything that he could do that he has the potential yeah. to do with his abilities. And I was like, yes, this is a giant exposition dump, but it is also all of a sudden I'm like, is Cyborg like the coolest character in the DC EU? Like he's awesome. Yeah. And also where is his movie? Like, can we get this guy a solo film? Because I would be more excited for that than another solo Aquaman, another solo Wonder Woman, given what we just got. Uh, and I do want to see that Flash movie, particularly if it's Flashpoint, but give me some more Cyborg. That was one of my biggest takeaways and actual like thumbs up for this version of the movie is all, all of the, the additional Cyborg material I thought really was were the highlights across the board. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I will say this. Um, I feel like there are there are very few beats from the old movie that are better served than the beats in this movie, mm -hmm. excepting the stuff that was added in that movie for Barry Allen to an extent. Some of it was an improvement, uh, very little. Um, I'm specifically meaning uh, in that uh, the the tunnel fight. Uh -huh. the, all of you are, you know, you're doing battle. I've never done battle. They they cut the save one person line, didn't they? They didn't cut it. That's a that, Whedon. That that's a reshoot. That thing. was a reshoot. Okay. And that is that is, I believe, in our podcast, it's coming back to me. That is one of the highlight lines of, of yes. the Whedon editions that I thought was super strong. And I know I noticed its absence here. Uh, and that's the only thing that, and I think the conversation between Alfred and Batman in Whedon's cut, uh, mm -hmm. where he's like, Clark's more human than I am. Mm -hmm. Those are the only two things that I think belong in this movie. There, um, I, I, and I, I would like to see excised from that cut into this one. There, I'd almost like to do a compromise cut. There, there's another thing that I would like to see crossover is, is, uh, Diana's reticence at at bringing Superman back. Superman back, yeah. I feel like that 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 worked better in the Whedon cut, but not the stuff around it. Like if you could take that aspect and just yeah. work it in here. Um, oh. uh, I did like I did like when she she shoves shoves uh, Batman uh, and yes. he uh, crashes into the thing behind him, and he's like, I. There's this moment and and. I'm unabashedly a Ben Affleck fan, and I have been. I, I think we like, got. I think we got at least three of us here that are unabashed. Yeah. Listen, guys, I watched Live by Night. Uh, by All two right, we it's it's, it's, an, so, it's uh, an even four across the board. It's an even four across the board. <laughs> Fucking uh, yeah. uh, the shark and Jaws, as far as I'm concerned. Moving, moving on, but in 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 the Ween, when he he gets thrown back, there's this moment of like, what have I done? I have pissed off a god. Mm -hmm in bringing talk of bringing back another god like she's a fly speck compared to him in bruce's mm -hmm. eye and she can wipe the floor with him there's this humanity and in and in, in, in brokenness in his uh in his in his performance there 
that uh, I really liked and was like, oh, if you could just bring that humanity and that brokenness and that into it's like it, let somebody else go direct through Snyder's visuals and you get stuff like yeah. that. Sure, absolutely. But I will say this at the same time, creating this this new version where there's conflict over what to do about Superman and Diana doesn't want to do it. The, the sacrificial lamb for that was the the perfectly logical exposition of how they were going to do it. Yes. Like, I could not tell you how they arrived at their plan in the Whedon cut. Like, uh-huh. and I've watched it more than just the just two times. I've watched it a couple times, trying to dissect what went wrong. Right. Um, I need answers. I have no idea where they came Give up with the answers. Yeah. yeah. Like this is it's, Superman, Batman, The Flash, Wonder Woman. How did you fuck this? <laughs> right. <laughs> this doesn't make sense that you could screw this up this badly. But I have no idea how that worked. Well, it's a two-minute scene, and it's like, okay, that makes it's a change engine. Oh, okay. Perfect. Now, as a fan, I I get that you know the the box brought uh brought Vic back to life. So the box could bring Superman back to life. But I have to make those leaps in the Whedon cut. Yes, right. Because the footage of it happening, the the footage of the box actually reanimating him isn't even in that movie. It's in BVS, Mm -hmm. right? Whedon didn't even bother to put a a simple shot from the other movie back in that Snyder made sure to put in this one. So like, I shouldn't have to do my own math to solve the problem of your big, you know, second act turn. That's your job as a storyteller. That's literally, you know, what you're supposed to do as a director is get me there. Mm-hmm. But before they even, you... they even spell it out for him too, because they're like, Vic, Vic wasn't all the way dead. Superman is dead. We don't know what this is going to do. So right. there's there's even more given to you on top of what you know was taken out of it. But to, to your point about how do you fuck this up? I solely look at the Justice League movie I I watched years ago as we lost our dude that was our visual dude we've kind of been leaning on. We got the guy. It was almost like they it was like a corporate like we poached this dude like oh we got the Avengers yeah. dude we got the so and so dude he he'll do his thing and it'll be great and it's like his thing was that he had a, a solid foundation and. I could have directed Avengers and it would have been good because there were f- a plethora of things for you to care about when everybody got to meet each other. To that point, yeah. the thing I liked most about this movie was all of the extra stuff with Cyborg and Barry Allen because I was like, these two are the least defined and you know the, the two that I know the least about. Barry Allen I know as... The Flash from the TV show back in the '90s that no one I watched with that Dawson's t- Dawson's dad. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I don't even, I don't even know that dude's name. Sorry, Mark Hamill is the trickster. Me. That is, he is not Mitch Leary. He is Barry Fucking Allen. Always no, I, first. Yes, Mitch Leary second. Oh, so he's Mitch. He's Mitch the Mitch Man Leary. <laughs> he, is, he will always be Barry Allen. And this is where we pull. This is where we pull the rug out from the audience. This was a secret Dawson's cast all along. Let's jump in. 
Going to recap every season for you right now. Give you the highlights. Okay, let's go. Okay, so it begins with <laughs> our man, Barry Allen, who is married to a newscaster. How cool is that? Um, <laughs> no. Um, okay. Uh, gentlemen, continue on whatever note. Don't cover the epilogue. I'm going to go grab a beer. I will be right back. Keep it rolling. All right. Oh, okay. oh nowhere near going up to, to the episode, uh, to the epilogue yet. But um, I do feel uh, in some of the, the changes to Barry Allen, I think he got a stronger story. But I, I feel I, like there were some beats that were in the other cut that actually helped. Yeah. Um, but, but I liked the way that they handled him. And I, I, liked, I liked, honestly, how simple little things changed the tone dramatically. Just changing the music, changing the color grading. Oh, oh yeah. like like the music for when uh, Aquaman goes back into the water, drinking the whiskey. Like it's not Icky Thump anymore. Was that it? Was that a long time ago? Wasn't yep, it? it was Icky Thump. Yep, that's right. And, and now it's um, what's it his the name? king? Yeah, oh. can't think of it. And it bothers me because I was just listening to him today. Uh, Nick Cave. Yeah. Oh, okay. And as it, as one would expect. <laughs> is yeah, Zack Snyder to include both Nick Cave and a Leonard Cohen cover but it, it, in the Whedon cut it's just like oh I'm a badass I'm going in the water in this one it's like you there there's a weight to Aquaman like right and and it's just the music but it, and it's the same visual cut but the music changes exactly. and you're like this guy's the world on his shoulders and he, he has both worlds on his shoulders yep. and the one of my yeah, problems one of my problems with Jason Momoa's performance now is I saw a tweet that uh, I can't get something out of my head now. It's like right. as good as he is as Aquaman, don't you think he'd make a great Lobo? Oh God, holy shit, he even looks like Lobo. Yeah, he would make a great Lobo. Um, I feel like he definitely got improved in the cut as well because this yeah. is a very different Arthur Curry than we were given. Um, like the standoffishness never really gets pulled away in 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 the Whedon cut. Like he's always an aggravator, right? He's always kind of, you know, pushing against Batman, pushing against Wonder Woman. And there's no moment where you see him as a cohesive member of the team. Right. But here you get that 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 scene with him and Barry. I never said where, that. yeah, like. I thought you didn't care. Never said that. You know, when he's actually checking on uh, on, on what's Vic. going on with Vic. I think that's that was a genius little scene that could have stayed in. And I see no reason why that would have gotten cut. Because even in the Whedon cut at that point, Vic is using the satellite to try to track the heat signature of the fucking mother box. Yeah, we gotta, like, we gotta... The same thing is happening. Even though his dad hasn't died, he's still... You just need to cut that one little... We, this we is a kid whose dad just died, and so it's we, still the same beat. So we got to cut that so we can have that scene where uh, he bears his soul while he's sitting on the lasso, right? <laughs> because so that's who's, comic uh, and jokey. Who's going to do the half-hour dissertation on mother boxes and and their importance? Uh, that's that's to uh, to the TC. <laughs> uh, that was that um, was a joke. Please, please do yeah. not explain no, this, no, no, this no. MacGuffin. I do not care. I I'm a little interested in the this, MacGuffin uh, better in this. I think it makes perfect sense. Right? Oh, no, it it does totally yeah. line up. 
Yeah, absolutely. Unlike, uh, unlike the other cut where it's like, what the fuck are these things? Yeah, I would have watched. Since when do mother boxes do that? I would have watched the whole movie of the CGI explanation of who Darkseid is, what these boxes are, Zeus and everybody, mm-hmm. and all the other people of Earth. I would have watched that movie. Like you could have given me absolutely forty-five minute to an hour, shit out, and I'd have been like, okay, cool. Now I know the setup for for Justice League. Look, you know? Snyder was four, four years late to the Lord of the Rings party, and he's been trying to make up yeah. for it ever since. And he finally he finally yeah. stuffed it in there. Um, he kind of swirled it all together. A little 300, a little uh, little Lord of the Rings, you know. The, uh, my, 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 my ultimate take on this is I'd have loved to seen this movie in the theater because it wouldn't have been this movie because there's no way a studio exec would have released that four in hours. theater. Yeah. Like, the yeah. cuts would have happened. It had gotten trimmed. Uh, it 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 have moved better. Uh, it, yeah. Like, yes, I think I think there's definitely a way to take what we got here, which it felt like the instinct was like people have been asking for this for years now. I gotta do, I gotta over deliver. I gotta put it all in there. And I think if if it had gotten a theatrical release and we were looking at more like a a two fifty runtime or three hours, which it, you could probably get people on board for, yeah. even though they haven't done all the like work of an, an Infinity War or an Endgame that really earns that runtime. Um, yeah. And but then we would have gotten this, this three hours or two hours 45. And it would still have all of the benefits and none of the, it would none have of the bloat. All of what's yes. in this movie. Because yes. you could do it by excising all the slow a lot of his uh, <laughs> yes. yes i was about to say if you, you <laughs> cut down 90 percent of his slow-mo take out the uh the nightmare scene which is 30 minutes uh, after the epilogue this is your lord of the rings reference is perfect this is fucking yes. return of the king it doesn't it just end. keeps going <laughs> just, well look at that like five no, fucking endings um but if you yank out the nightmare scene I don't think you miss it. I think that it is a standalone narrative without that, and that works just fine. And that's and how you, you, that's how you open the... Justice League 2. No, mm-hmm. don't. You fucking drop the nightmare <laughs> thing all the fuck together. Hey, okay. Yeah. Is there anything else we want to hit? Because I want to talk about this epilogue. I really I do. This epilogue. I, 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 do don't... I do want to hit a few beats. Um, please, please do. Please do. Uh, things that I think are really, uh, really cool that I liked that were included, like Ryan Choi. Um, I, you guys might not know who Ryan Choi is because he's a he's a sort of deeper cut DC character. Uh, he's the I, I replacement from, for the Adam for our listeners. I do know him from editing a few of your your pieces for the site. I recognize the name. Yes. Um, he's the guy who ultimately takes over for uh, why am I blanking on the Adam's name? Ray Palmer, uh, the original Adam. Um, who was the Ray Superman Palmer, from the... Superman Returns on Yes, T- it, yes Brandon exactly, Ralph. was Brandon Ralph. Right. Um, and Ryan Choi is, uh, he's uh, Ray Palmer's student, ends up taking that role. And here oh. he works on nanotechnology. So he's going to be able to eventually miniaturize himself, which I think is cool. Um, I'm glad they added in Desaad and Granny Goodness. I think Desaad really uh, 
as the avatar of Darkseid really gave some menace to Darkseid before we ever even saw him. I thought that was genius. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Steppenwolf for a minute and the the comparison yeah. Yeah. with the original? Because yeah. I love the instinct of Syrian Hines. I was actually excited when he, I was like, okay, he is a CG villain, but I do love this actor. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And the theatrical version it was a mess it, the entire villain arc all of it but in yeah, just agreed. in just a few scenes and maybe one too many in terms of the cutting back and the conversations with Desaad, there was some repetition and like okay i got it yeah. we covered this we covered your motivation but they did have that one kind of centerpiece that at least gave him some semblance of a tangible motivation i could wrap my head around even though we're talking yeah. about the new gods and all of this mythical right. ancient shit i could wrap my head around it of just like hey you were basically like his favorite son and you you fucked up and you were cast down and like punished to like you know you got to go end worlds and to get back in his favor all of that stuff and it's like i'm not all of a sudden emotionally invested in him but it gives me enough to like at least understand a little bit of why he drops into exactly. you know this Chernobyl looking place and like builds this whole parademon paradise and what exactly he's doing there. It, it lets me you know figure it, it out. It it gives me enough backstory that I understand what's going on, but it also gives me you know it gives me the info dump that the other movie never gives me. It explains why the fuck he's there. Right. Like, that's my note on on part two. Steppenwolf has a plan and motivations exclamation point because <laughs> it it seems so fresh compared with the other movie right um and i i don't know that the character is much improved but it's improved enough that he's he's worthy of being a villain of a movie mm-hmm. rather than just i i don't even know what to describe him as in that other he's barely an antagonist Yes. Right. He doesn't really do anything. He just sets up the return of Superman, which seems to be the climax of Whedon's movie, even though there's a fight scene 20 minutes later. Right. Right. That's <clears throat> that is one of the things that I, I, I do give to Whedon over this one is. And the, the, the way it goes about is at the end of the the resolution of the conflict between Steppenwolf and Diana with the uh the the shattering of the axe by diana yeah uh, is is more powerful a moment than chopping his head off in in many ways for me but it's not as cool so nope, it's not as metal it's not as metal it's not as metal and this is the most metal superman and you god damn right it is man uh and you know, that is metal. actually one of the things What's up with the? I was gonna say, like, I yeah. I kept wanting to hear her theme, like that hard guitar riff, and we kept getting this like woman yelling from like a thousand years ago shit going on. And I'm like, what what are we doing here? All of a sudden, the soundtrack from uh, Black Hawk Down was playing. Pretty <laughs> much, yeah, the, for the most yeah, part, Junkie XL wanted it to you know feel like it was actually from Greece. Okay, okay. I mean, is that what Greece sounds like? <laughs> <laughs> that's what if that's what Greece sounds like, I can understand why they had such a problem with their economy. <laughs> right to kill themselves, and no one wants to work. Like, I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you invent the world, and then somebody else takes <laughs> credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> someone else takes uh, credit. For I it. will say this though: uh, 
I, I feel like we heard more of her theme in this movie than we did in the Danny Elfman score from the previous one. True. So yeah, I, it's I an improvement. Um, I liked a lot of the little things that were peppered in here. I think that's that's my ultimate take. They, he gave us little nuggets yes. of, of DC Comics stuff. Like That was Crispus Allen talking to Jim Gordon in that scene, by the way, which is a Gotham Knights thing. Uh, congratulations if you read that comic in the 90s and you know who Crispus Allen is. <laughs> He's a cop, the GCPD. I, I totally liked uh, the changeup of the dialogue between uh, Luther and Deathstroke. Oh, mm-hmm. fuck yeah. As opposed the to, whole oh, Luther we need to start our scene. own league to, oh, you're going to take out the yeah. Batman. Like, and it's personal. Yep. It's like, uh, this this isn't a world, and this this is a deep dive for a bunch of people. This isn't a world where uh, in, in the Batcave in BVS, Robin's suit is there. Mm-hmm. like batman's lost robin and you can presume that deathstroke has lost who's deathstroke's lost and if you put two and two together you know who it's 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 father versus yeah. father over sons being lost yep and then it's one of the only things that i'd liked about the nightmare sequence was that they were on the same side in the future because you know that they hate each other and are perfectly matched in present, villains yeah. in the present and in the future they're working together because yeah. there's no other there's no other option against superman you you either stand together or you die if superman loses it mm-hmm. yeah i have just two, two last okay two and a half last points before we can dive into nightmare um i really liked uh i i liked the subtle the, how to phrase it I feel like the Henry Cavill performance of recovering as Clark Kent was the most mm-hmm. subtle acting I've ever seen from Henry Cavill. I, I would agree with you there. In, in just that sort of one sentence of she loved it here, so did I, so did I. Just, mm-hmm. I that was incredibly subtle. And I, I've, I hope that we can get more performances like that from the guy. Um, what was not subtle at all was him beating up fucking uh, Steppenwolf, which <laughs> I recall in the Whedon cut, him just pounding away on him and going, wow, that's excessive. Uh-huh. And then it goes on for another minute and a half in this cut. Oh, of course it does. Refresh like, my memory. He okay. is he is not black suited in the Whedon version, correct? He's in traditional he's blue and red. He's not black suited in, he's in the blue and red, yeah. Okay. Um, and the black suit's just a color correction choice. It was right. shot in the blue and red. So this is just, Snyder thought it'd be cooler if he was in the black. That is, I mean, that is the suit, though, from the Death sure. of Superman arc, right? Yeah, but it served a purpose a in that arc here. It's just a color Fair. choice. It's just a, hey, let me check out yeah. my wardrobe on this ship. And, right. uh, oh, this is pretty sleek. I'll fit in better with the aesthetic of this movie if I go with the black and silver, for sure. I'm going to show yeah. up Batman. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the last thing I want to touch on before that is this is for Patrick. Uh, did you catch the Excalibur reference in the rebirth sequence? No. Where, where did the it come? Future has taken root. Yes. Okay. Place. Yes. <laughs> okay. I Which heard that. A, a Merlin line, line. Um, from Excalibur from once 
Uther has impregnated. If if I uh, had to if I had to take a wild guess, Excalibur probably like a top three movie for Zack Snyder, just considering yeah, the amount of play it. that it gets in his DC movies thus far. Isn't it the marquee uh, in BBS? Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Yes. That's yep. what I thought. And it's and, the it's the ending of, of BBS effectively. Um, with Superman taking the the blade of uh, of doomsday to ram the spear through right, him right. is is effectively the the Arthur uh Mordred ending. Yeah. He's he's the right age for it. He's yeah. That's right. That's the sweet true. spot for him for sure. Yeah. Um, I, that was I, it. We can we can go nightmare. If well, we're ready to go nightmare. I, I will go. wrap. I will wrap up with my kind of final thoughts on the the this version as a whole, which is pretty much echoing what I already said. But my my two real highlights, Ray Fisher, but also you gave me so much more Joe Morton this time, and I'm never going to complain about more Joe Morton. It's just no, never a bad never. decision. Seriously, I thought he was fantastic. All the added art, it really like fleshed out their dynamic a lot more the tension between him and cyborg i also i love the cyborg sequence Uh, one of the few like beats that actually hit me emotionally where he he goes into the the matrix or whatever and gives that woman a bunch of money at the atm what a beautiful sequence why could why we couldn't have at least made time for that in the original theatrical version that would have been enough character building right there to a show you some of his wild abilities and also his core of like you know even though he does say fuck the world in this movie uh very dramatically um he does still find the silver lining of like helping people who are struggling which i liked uh some actual heroic shit um that that was pretty and, and i like some of the flash additions as well we didn't really talk about the scene uh the elongated sequence of him uh, saving. That is his love interest in the show, correct? I'm not yes. familiar with the character. Yeah. Okay. So um, presumably that would be West, set up. That's for... his love interest across okay. the comics as well. Gotcha. Um, another, uh, another Zack Snyderism. Uh, casting is, is identical. Mm-hmm. Um, Barry Allen is blonde kid. Uh, both Barry Allen's on the TV show and uh, this cast within weeks of each other are, you know, l- you know, rail thin uh, brunettes rather than muscular blonde guys. Right. Uh, even though uh, John Wesley Shipp was not blonde, he was muscular. Muscular. Uh, and Kiersey <laughs> Clemens is uh, is a similar casting choice to uh, uh, Ken Patton who is uh iris on the show which again lends to the still my uh, argument stop stealing from the show right which lends i guess to the idea of like hey it's dc baby like you know we got all sorts of continuities going we're doing the multiverse thing before marvel gets to it we pulled the trigger first but also lends to just like well why why couldn't you just make it all all fit together in the same universe and them inform each other but you know it is what it is uh Okay. And we'll talk about that in a, in a minute. If yeah. you watched the thing I sent you. I did watch the thing you sent us. Gavin, any thoughts on the movie overall before we talk about that epilogue? Thank you for hanging in there with us, brother. I'm, I hope you're okay. No, I, I did <laughs> overall thoughts. I, I appreciate this if we're going for like, this is this dude's vision. 
doesn't necessarily mean like it's a great one or that it's mm-hmm. bad. I can appreciate it when you're like, hey, if, if I never get to make a movie again, if, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, I gave the world my version of Justice League. There's good parts of, in it. There's some things I could not, I could, I could do without. But overall, I, I'm still thrilled by the fact that like I got to sit here and watch this over four hours last night, and it was just like new superhero stuff, even though it's old stuff I, I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. before there's still enough in there that i hadn't seen that i was like uh maybe cut it in two and make it like a matrix thing where i get another one six months later maybe mm-hmm. me up a couple a little bit i have like different thoughts on where you can go and things like that but for the most part i just i don't know i i, I want more of them together but maybe like them together not being superheroes mm-hmm. like that is the one thing that i think would make this gel and make this feel like, okay, like we, we got it. Like, again, I don't know how you do it because of who everyone is in their regular life. But I feel like if you can get all of them together doing something, not in costume, not, oh my God, the, the stakes are the world, the world is ending. Like, you know, yeah. it, it feels like every movie leading to this is the world is ending. There's no small stakes. I think I may have said this to you, Noah. I don't know if I said this on another podcast with all of us. There's no small stakes when it comes to the the DC stuff. It feels like everything is like the world's ending. There's this big, bad, whatever. There's never a tiny little bit like, this is my problem. It isn't going to be the end of the world. It'll be the end of my world if it, if it goes south. But it's not the end of the world. And I feel like that is the thing comparatively that allows you to explore the character but also, you know, kind of know going into it that, you know, it will be building to something bigger. And by not having this huge conflict, again, because, I mean, if let's just say we end this, and obviously we're leading towards the nightmare, which is assuming it's, oh, my God, Superman's the bad guy now. With, you know, spoiler alert, whatever. So after that, if, like, if you snap his neck and that's it, then nobody has to worry about ruining, like, the world ending anymore like what it just it feels like it's so amped up to try and be a huge conflict every time i just i wish we had time to just relax and like enjoy these people as themselves and and then that be that but anyway we could no we could go into the no, no 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 I, I i like where you're headed though no to your point yes we never because we're so centrally focused on the grandiosity of all of this and these heroes in costumes throughout the majority of the movie, we do lose a little bit of the ground level. And I feel like this is the case in the Marvel movies as well. This is a criticism of superhero films in general. We we lose a lot of like human characters and ground level people and how they're experiencing these events or anything that connects it to like, these are the people that we're saving. At a certain point, it often builds beyond and it's just like, well, we're heroes. This is what we do. This is the the evil force that we're taking on. And you lose a little bit of, so that's why I enjoy those small moments of heroism, like the Wonder Woman moment where she speaks to the girl. Not not enough of that stuff. You know what the the most heroic thing that Batman does in this movie? When he asks him, how did he get the house back from the bank? And he's like, I just bought the bank, man. Like, you're my, (laughs) you know, that was one of my my favorite bits. I was like, you know, I made you a promise that I would, you know, not let whatever, whatever. I kept the promise. Alfred, he even says it halfway through it. Dude, you did your job. Like, you're not a God, man. Like, you're just really rich. And like, 
that's it but the ending of like hey bro your mom's house went under while you were dead and i went ahead and just bought the bank that owns it here's your house back hey thanks for still being on our side and not turning out to be a complete shit by the way hope that doesn't happen if your lady dies you know because if it does i'm probably gonna have to fucking kill you you know and and it's but then you know and you know i can i i brought you to your knees i i told you i can anytime i want just be aware of that yeah Yeah. but that little bit of humanity of it like that's his buddy that's that's how i knew those two were buddies he kept telling me they were buddies but (laughs) he told him i bought the bank man I knew then I knew they were buds. I knew everything was going to be okay. Absolutely. What the future was going to bring in this epilogue. That that has a, one last thing on the Batman of it all in this movie. And we can talk about Batflick a little bit if you guys want to. But sure. and it it deals also with the human grounding that you're talking about, Gav, which is it is very odd, especially in like this final sequence in a lot of this movie, to see Batman engaging with these types of characters and these types of villains specifically fighting the parademons and stuff. And I think about BVS and that incredible like sequence where the, the fight to get Martha to save Martha, um, that, which very much mirrored like the Arkham games that had become popular and was yeah. a kind of down and dirty fight sequence that honestly had a lot of great choreography and didn't fall into the normal Zack Snyder slow-moification of everything. It was a fantastic action sequence um, and one that I would go back to in isolation. He's fighting other humans for one thing and a lot of that like choreography and actual stunt work is lost when all of the sudden it's a bunch of CGI bugs and you lose a little bit of like what makes him a compelling on-screen character and the way that he fights, which is really dynamic in that previous movie is really lost here in the scale of everything that he's kind of up against. And it is appropriate, of course, that like he's out of his element, but he still equips himself as best he can. But I I feel like you lose a little bit of the, the Batman magic when you start bringing him into this heightened realm of superhero see that um, that happens in the source material a lot too mm-hmm. uh in the comics when he goes up against those what usually happens is he lets the supers fight the other supers while he goes and plants a nuclear bomb in the center of dark side's planet he he's like he's the backup plan guy he's the guy that right. all right if superman fails i'm gonna fucking blow up your planet but you'll die too. You don't understand. I died when I was eight <laughs> years old. Right. Right. Um, that's... If this were plotted like a Justice League comic book, there also would have been a secondary villain. There would have been someone who was Batman's foil. Mm-hmm. Usually something like this, you would have a Steppenwolf or a Desaad who's kind of rallying everything on Darkseid's behalf. And they'd usually be working with Lex Luthor or someone from the DC universe who needs to be stopped at the same time. Uh, and yeah, not that I want to add another hour to this movie, but that does feel like a bit <laughs> right. of a missed opportunity to bring in some maybe as yet unseen villains from any of these characters' universes. Um, could be interesting. Yeah. Now, I know this is a re- what seems like a relatively new Flash um, 
a kind of green Aquaman as well in terms of like, this is still prior to his solo movie, like adventure wise, right? We haven't fully fleshed him out. So that, that honestly would have been cool. But anyways, let, let's talk about the epilogue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what what what'd you guys think? Because I, as I told you, Gab, I don't know if you caught this part. This is when we were setting up. I was unable to start this until about 1230 uh, last night. Okay. Uh, so well after midnight. And I, I was fading a bit in the final fight sequence, which I did actually like rewind a bit and make sure like, okay, I actually do like that this plays better and a little bit cleaner than the Whedon version. It's not as trashy with the CGI. They clean some things up, et cetera. But I was fading during that sequence. But we get into the epilogue and all of a sudden we get into a nightmare sequence. And I'm like, there's a lot of time left on this clock because I was checking periodically. And I don't know if you guys saw, like, there's the little, there's the chapter breaks. And yep. so I'm sitting there and I'm like, there's a lot, there's a lot of time left here. Like, I, are, are we, are we going into like a, a fifth or sixth act, like action sequence? What, what's going to happen here? I'm going to have a 45 minute credit sequence. I did. That's what I was thinking. I was like, wow, that's a lot. You're of like, oh, it's going to be like an episode of WandaVision. Yeah, we're going to get 45 minutes of credits. All right, this makes sense. We watched three and a half hours, and this is what we have to deal with. So I also have in the back of my mind, I'm like, I know they said something about the Joker. Being I haven't seen him yet. That's what I right. That's what I was thinking you the good? whole time. I'm good. <laughs> good. It was an earthquake. It was an earthquake here in Virginia Beach. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. But localized to your section of Virginia Beach, not mine. Yeah. Soup's just touched down for a second outside. Uh, he was like, you didn't talk about me enough. You guys want to, you guys want to circle back and talk about Cavill? Um, Okay. He was great. Okay, you got to go. Cavill so, out. So, so Jared Leto's crazy ass shows up. Okay. And I, 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 I you I saw your guys' reaction earlier. You you tipped your hats already. I, I I think I know where you guys are headed with this, but I gotta be honest, dude. I gotta be honest. Ben Affleck in this costume, in this moment, saying to the Joker, and make no mistake, I will fucking kill you. Yes. Is maybe, maybe I think the entire four-hour runtime. It was all worth it, guys. Yes. That's literally. (laughs) And also, this is a movie where then Jared Leto says, but who will give you a reach around? How the hell (laughs) that line got into this movie? That is, that's got a hundred percent be a a Leto improv. Like in the moment, in his backyard, in his cult-like estate wherever the fuck he lives um it's on that island noah oh yeah mars island yeah you guys want to talk about mars island for the rest of the cast (laughs) sure and how he's essentially a cult leader with a yeah anyways um 100 believe all that oh no it's it's legit it's for real no no no. i mean having (laughs) none of that information what you just said does not surprise me Yep. You know why it doesn't surprise you? Because it's the little things. It's the little things that get you caught. Is that, you know... Sorry, Noah. <laughs> Go ahead. What are we talking about here? 
Yeah. Did uh, side note? Did you gentlemen watch the uh, the little things, a Warner Brothers release earlier on HBO Max? Yeah. Um, I just re- real quick side note. I just wanted to spell this idea that Jared Leto was somehow snubbed for a best supporting actor nomination. He he should have been nowhere near the category this year. Let, let let's just be real. Let's just be real. Um, Gentlemen, maybe you can help me. All of a sudden, my my giant background screen has disappeared. Oh, uh, you! I think you may have minimized yourself because um, nothing has changed on our end. Okay, yeah, as long as I'm you. still coming through, we're all good. You're still okay. coming through. We still hear you. Everything's good. You just you you vanished on Zoom, but you're good. You still you still look the same. You're, yeah, you're, yeah nothing you're, nothing's you're, changed. You just minimized yourself. You're still okay. in, you're still in my Brady Bunch view. Right. Yeah, the fact that this thing keeps panning to each one of you, almost like sinking the minute that one of you says something, is impressive. Yeah, so, I, I that's, that's what that's like, what that's I've, actually the way it works. But uh, uh, oh, not really? to give I've it never, a Zoom lesson in the middle of our uh, presentation. I, There's a button up at the top you can use to change it, so you can view all of us at the same time. Uh, oh, I don't even right, know what oh, the view oh, button. Oh my god, what is this? The gallery view? Oh my god, look at all of you. Look, we're like, in Brady maybe, Bunch boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I feel so left out. Where where am I? And so all I have right now, sorry, all I have right now on Welcome my to the screen, Zoom training uh, portion. All I have right our, now on my screen uh, is uh, all of you guys off to one side. I lost the big screen of whoever's talking. How do I get that back? <laughs> um, okay, so if all of us are off to the side, that is the gallery view. Okay. Um, is it kind of minimized? Yes, it's small. There should be a little square with an arrow in it. The arrow should be green. That will expand everything back to the way it was. I just like to point out that the older siblings are on like above the younger siblings in my four. My four. (laughs) It's that way here as well. See, perfect. In 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 my box, it is perfect because it's me and Noah, and then. I mean, it's Noah and me, and then Matthew and Gavin. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how it is here. But I'm on top. Gavin's below me. You're right to my uh, left, and Noah is below you. Oh, see, see, Noah is above you. We're going to cut this, below right? me. We're not going to make people listen to us talk about. Zoom. I think this is gold, personally. I think this is the best part of the cast thus far. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Zoom, <laughs> and now we know how it works. Yes. Get your shares okay. while they last. All right. I'll figure this yeah, out. I do this time. every Friday, guys. I don't know about you. I don't know what we would talk about, well, but I can was, do it every Friday night. That I was the care. whole point, Gav, was to show you how much fun this was when it you missed fun. out on the pitch session. And now we can and how just, easy it yeah. would be to actually just do this yeah. regularly. Yes. And I might even be in color next time. I might sure. have a green screen next time. I might be in my own Fortress of Solitude. How about that? I'm going to do it with a gimp mask, like Pulp Fiction. Just going to see my mouth. God, for the please, love of God, please don't do that. That's one direction to go. Okay. <laughs> so, Jared Leto. Uh, Jared Leto. As, yeah. as, as some people are calling him on the internet, the best Joker ever now. No. <laughs> Never. Never. Yeah. Who, who are these people? I feel uh, like they're probably no, no. part of uh, Mars Island. They're probably part of this We do not need to give these people any credence. Yeah. I refuse to engage with their narrative. Why so. don't we just, why don't we Jay and Silent Bob them? We just track them down and beat the shit out of them door to door. Yeah, absolutely. I don't okay. have we'll any, call I don't Jen have any Lindley mo- and we'll be like, hey, do you want to 
go and beat up people on behalf of Heath. Let's go do it. I mean, how can he be Jen Lindley if he doesn't yeah. ever say never rub another man's rhubarb? I don't understand. That's the bet. Like he doesn't even say that word, that line. No, <laughs> he's doing what Jack Nicholson says not to do. He didn't reach yeah. around. He is in fact rubbing another man's rhubarb. <laughs> <laughs> I just the um, the audacity of after. After a three-hour and fifty-minute movie thus far, <laughs> to then thrust you into this scene where this is the state of the dialogue, I thought was a real bold choice, and I respected it. That's all I, I want to say it. about the nightmare sequence. I loved every minute of it. I respected the the audacity. I I thought if I had an unlimited budget Absolutely. for reshoots. And this is what I was working with in the context of COVID and actors filming in separate locations, by all means, yes, give me this scene. Sure, um, sure. I, I think I might've done something a little bit uh, different <laughs> with my money um, because let's face it, as fun as this was, and I'll grant it's a fun scene, it doesn't locomotive ahead any fucking narrative, right? Oh, not at There's all. There's not gonna be a Justice League three. Uh, Justice League 2, sorry. Uh, he's not going to get a, another bite at this apple. So mm -hmm. it's setting up something we're never going to see. Maybe spend your money on getting Henry Cavill into your little green screen room and filming a different version of him kneeling in front of a corpse that isn't a screen rip of footage from Man of Steel. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe don't reuse footage from other movies. Maybe shoot new stuff. Um, but that's me. You know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we needed a 15-minute dream sequence so we could introduce Martian Manhunter well after the fight's over. You know, in another reality, we're, we're thanks talking, for showing up, John. We're we're talking about the uh, the solo director cut tonight. Yeah, for sure. Oh wow! Yeah, what could have been? Uh, you're talking star wars now okay i've okay i was talking the other universe i was talking the lord the, the, miller cut the lord <laughs> miller cut gav what'd you what'd you think of the nightmare what'd you think oh. of whole old leto showing up oh i loved it i loved everybody <laughs> especially the somehow a, i knew you would here's a card would. it's a truce but if you rip it up then we can have a conversation of, of like why you sent a boy the boy wanted to do a man's job like what were you Oh, okay, we're going to go there now? Something that doesn't even have a reference in this movie? We're going to go back to that? All right, fine. To be fair, it does in the previous movie, in BBS. I thought that, sure. yeah. But not in the previous Justice League cut. Well, no, because we had no Joker at all. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like It has nothing to do with this movie whatsoever, but we're getting a callback from it. It's just context of their, their character's history, because this right. Batman has existed for 20 years. You know? Right. To the he point didn't. that he doesn't give a shit. He's just shooting people left and right. And apparently doesn't care that people know he's Batman because he's walking all over Iceland saying his name. Well, like, I, that's, so that's, Bruce, a, that's Bruce honestly a thing that I love. The abandonment. That is such a Snyder thing to me almost. is like yeah. the, the secret identity of it all is such a huge thing in almost any superhero film. But the idea of just like, yep, yep, oh, it's Batman. Who cares? Yep. Which almost, I mean... I guess that actually connects with the reveal of Luther telling Deathstroke, hey, 
Yeah. Your target's Bruce Wayne. And then they're, they're buddies at the end of this. Is this some particular combination of characters that has existed in some iteration? Deathstroke, Flash, Cyborg, Batman, and I'm terribly sorry. What is Amber Heard's character name from Mira. Thank hey, you. Mira. That's your name? Whip. <laughs> <laughs> That's your name, right? Career Ruiner? That's what her name late, is? A little late in the game. To uh, to be lit- relitigating all of that. That's a, that's the, that's literally my only problem with that movie. You can just cut her out of. I a- mean, she did end John Carpenter's directing career. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's what I'm talking about. Come on, man. Of course, of course. How could I forget? My he tried mistake. to warn us all. I'm sure he tried to warn Johnny that it was going to happen to him too. <laughs> I'm just curious, what is up with her magically appearing, disappearing British accent? I know, right? That was very odd. Very odd. Yeah, that was all over the place. Like Indies Pilot and Raiders. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Wanda's accent is more on point than this lady's accent yeah, in this right. movie. Yeah, it was, I don't understand it, but actually, I think probably the new footage was shot. I think she, the nightmare scene, a lot of it was shot now present Mm -hmm. day i think she probably was in the the new reshoot she played the character with an american accent in the aquaman movie so she was probably just choosing to be consistent with that forgetting that she'd had a british accent in the cut footage from the snyder cut right i don't fucking know maybe that's just how she talks more competent director would have been like hey amber uh, your accent. Go I'm back. sure. I'm sure he's going to put that on the uh, the what the line producer, not the line producer. What's the who's the continuity person? What's the word I'm looking for? Continuity. Continuity. Is that is that it though? It. Yeah. Is that their title yes. credit? Okay, never mind. Yeah, continuity person. Uh, n- there are multiple. Yeah, yeah. That's just how she talks yeah. on land, Noah. That's all. She has an accent when she comes out of the uh, water. There, uh, Gavin. And she's in the desert. That's you all. You said it all, man. You cleaned and, it up. And, but, and if she's talking when there's water, she's all like dolphin squeaky until she creates the bubble around <laughs> yeah. her. Yeah. Re, re, excuse me. Remind uh, me. How did they get around that in the Aquaman movie? They're not doing the bubbles the whole time, right? They're just talking to each other, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, they're talking in their heads, aren't they? Don't no, they? no, no, no. At, at certain points, they were just straight up talking. Um, I don't know. I I didn't pay attention to that movie. It was neither did I. I checked out, and you know what? I had a great time with it because I turned yeah. my brain off. Yes, yes. Uh, much like to use an old uh, uh, evening with Kevin Smith reference, it, it was dumb but harmless. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Okay, which is something you- have have we sufficiently Got covered it. the nightmare sequence? Does anybody have any other lingering feelings? I thought it, to to actually get a moment of of Ben Affleck and Jared Leto going toe to toe, the matchup we've all always wanted to see. Right. These I know these I've been clamoring for it. We we are we had it before. We just don't have the the David Ayer director cut of Suicide Squad. When we get our four hour Suicide Squad cut. We're going to get it all, baby. Release the air cut. <laughs> Release the air cut. No, I think I've said after um, after the tax collector, fuck David Ayer. I don't really care if he ever makes a movie ever again. Yeah, so. Gavin, Gavin parted ways with his boy. 
one of his boys after yep. the tax collector. That's really not story. sad to see him go either. It doesn't matter to me anymore. Yeah. David who? David Fincher? <laughs> sure. Well, sure, why not? Not a big fan of Mank either past year. So maybe you no, can say by the venture as well. A uh, Gavin was Personally, not, I'm, I, I'm championing the Schumacher cut of, uh, of Batman forever. Oh dude. Oh yes, please bring it on, please. I mean, yeah, I, I really want to see how he does that. Being I want to see the Schumacher cut of Batman. Yes, Patrick, that's partially the joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Is he dead now? Oh shit! Yes, yes. yes. Got the joke. Sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> but infamously, there was a different cut of Batman Forever. Uh, well, what was different? I don't. I mean, I, that's what I want to find out. Uh, oh, okay. I thought, I thought, I thought was, we knew uh, this. A lot, was, a lot less Jim. He Curry said it was is dark. Imagining, yeah, a but, lot less Jim Carrey. Yeah, but Schumacher's version of dark and and our version of dark i think are two different things probably so revisited eight millimeter during quarantine if you guys ever want to if you guys ever want to chat about that one on a podcast no two hours (laughs) i'm good yeah hard pass hard pass from all of the blanchard cousins there we go um i'll I'll totally visit amos and andrew before i revisit (laughs) okay okay fair enough I mean, oh, okay. you want to do some Schumacher? Sure, we we can watch some uh, some sleepers, uh, not sleepers. Um, Flatliners. Flatliners. Thank you. Went out of my head. And oh no, you're all. <laughs> don't good. know why. Say almost fire. Flatliners. What? I'm on. That's Say almost fire. What? what? Say almost yeah, fire. Say almost fire. No, sure. I'm never watching that movie ever again. <laughs> What's wrong? Hey, you know, we we could watch The Prowler, guys. We could watch The Prowler. Only I can't find it. It's not on Amazon right now, though. I know they took it off. Sweet. I'm shocked you don't own like a Blu-ray special edition at this point. What are we you know how hard they, they were expensive. Okay. There was a time where Patrick had less money and was like, <laughs> hmm, can I can I buy expensive Blu-rays or do I keep going with this cigarette habit? Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, any other final thoughts on Zack Snyder's Justice League or uh, do we want to chat a bit about what we are going to do for a two by two or what our next uh, all Blanchard podcast will be and then get out of here? I think uh, I don't think I have any further thoughts on this movie, except to say this is give it a seven. Times better than Dude, the last brother. One. We are in total synchronicity. The whole time I was watching this, I was like, this is a seven. If I've ever seen one. Absolutely. I, I'm all like, a market wow. improvement over the previous theatrical version, which I would put somewhere in the five out of ten neighborhood in a totally average movie. See, You're see, being generous. I am being very generous. See, my, very my, generous. my final take is, wow, how can I be disappointed in two versions of the same movie? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of people are going to... I feel like it. There's a there's a split right now between people who are like, well... You know, I did ask for this. I did <laughs> clamor for this for years. So My, I guess I'm kind of satisfied. Um, and people who are genuinely like, you know what? It, this, this didn't do it. This didn't do it for me. This, this was not it. worth the time. I feel like it does redeem the experience of that other movie. Like, had this come out in theaters, there probably would have been a Justice League too. 
Mm-hmm. I just wish that it had sucked more so that all the <laughs> fanboys would just shut the fuck up. Shut up. I mean, honestly, there <laughs> at this length, at this runtime, there was a small part of me that hoped for like it would be a little more enjoyable if it were so bad that it was good. But it's right. not, it doesn't fall into that, like, oh, this is bad. There's some pacing issues. There's a lot, yeah. a lot of fluff for sure. Like, I wanted the director of Sucker Punch to show up. <laughs> yes. I where's love that, where's that, that guy? Days, what happened to yeah, that, guy? Where's that guy? I love that a few days before it actually came out, he was like, there's a longer cut. Oh, dude, <laughs> I'm there for it. As I'm if totally there setting for up the idea that if this one sucks, we should start clamoring for the Snyder. Snyder cut. Dude, this isn't Blade Runner. Like, just <laughs> can stop. This is it. Give us yeah. the five-hour cut. That's the magic one. That yes. will solve all our It'll issues. Make it all good, all better. But if we do get, if the next cut that's even longer is Affleck narrating the whole thing, like the terrible. <laughs> oh, give I'm, me that, dude. I'm I would totally pay. down. I would pay $30 for that on HBO Max. Do some Disney premiere access type shit and I would pay money for that version of the movie. Yes. But then we'll start a debate over whether or not Batman's a Kryptonian. There's so many things that'll just never go away. And I mean, why are we starting this? The one true Batman is coming. Uh, The the Batman. The definitive Batman. I mean, he's he's got to do He's got the direct article in front. The he does, he does. Yeah, it's true. Let's uh, let's. That, that movie looks like it's going to be a, a real good time. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's going to be Batman's version looks of like Seven. It's going to be very splashy. Yeah, lots of colors. Uh, <laughs> lots of gore. I, I'm go- I'm going to be real. I am beyond amped for that movie. I am probably the most excited for that movie than I have been for any. Uh, DC EU movie since BBS. Uh, that's where I'm at with it. I'm excited. I like that trailer. I like Matt Reeves. I like all of the cast. I like like everything I've seen uh, thus far. Very high hopes, which I'm sure will be dashed in some way, shape, or form. Sure. But, which is, I mean, which is why I have. Stu- which is why I don't want to see anything else until I see it. Hmm. Like, uh, oh, yeah, I definitely I'm not clamoring for the next trailer or more set photos of Colin Farrell being unrecognizable. I just want to see it when it's ready to come out. I, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, I'm about this close to being over Batman. I yeah, think. you you guys alluded to this earlier and we, we don't have to, like, fall completely back into that, but you you echoed a little bit of that earlier, being a little disillusioned with the character at this point. How much of that is the representation in this iteration? How much of that is Affleck? Um, elaborate. Uh, yeah. What it it all falls back to 1986. 1986 made comics and ruined comics, mm-hmm. uh, and so did 87 and 88. This was uh, the era of the Dark Knight Returns, which mm-hmm. set and changed the Batman for forever. Uh, everything yeah. that has been done since has been a reaction uh, to The Dark Knight Returns, up to and including The Killing Joke. Uh, everything is darker, it's grimmer. He, he used to think, like, he's, he's got the, the title The World's Greatest Detective, and we don't see that. 
uh, there's hints that that's coming in the Batman. Like we've never seen it. The last time we saw it filmically uh, was kind of when Batman put together the Uh. Smilex uh, in Batman 89. And when he was piecing together the mystery of Superman in BVS. Um, I, and I would say Nolan's uh, Dark Knight has a little bit of like bullet reconstructions, very practical, but it's also the kind of like, I have all this technology at my disposal. Right. Yeah. Here's how I'm being a detective, not actual like, you know, mental deduction. And every, everything in the Snyderverse is based on the conceit of Batman versus Superman. Like yeah, and this this is this is so comic booky. Like Xavier and Magneto, they are so much better when they're together. Mm-hmm. Like they and the greatest stories is they each have what the other wants. Batman wants to be the most powerful force on the planet, so that he can stop all crime. So he can make sure nobody does. No, nobody has what happens. To him happened to them he wants to be superman superman wants to be just human just a regular guy who excels he wants to be batman and the greatest stories are when you play to those two things um and i yep. just I, I i don't i don't want my my as i've gotten older i don't want grim and gritty i i don't want watchmen i i want superheroes who are complex but provide hope Mm-hmm. So like and, a body switch comedy like an 80s body switch comedy with batman superman like a versa uh, uh, freaky uh, friday but with the two of them uh that has happened in the comics and uh it okay usually, i was just gonna uh, ask if that happened yeah. it, it is usually a good time but uh, i just i want Kevin, you asked about the telltale game sorry i've yes. never played okay i will i will for my money those games are some of the best story and like reiterations and just blending and mixing of Batman stuff to the point that like and I think they've probably done it and maybe it's from the comics I don't know to the point that it's like the Oswald Cobblepot is a was the Cobblepots were a rival family and like he's on the outs now he's not rich maybe Martha and, and Thomas Wayne like maybe they weren't on the up and up maybe they were getting paid off by Falcone Maybe that's why he was murdered. He wasn't the greatest dude you think he was. All these random like little things that if you know anything about the character whatsoever, when you see like, oh, okay, that's a neat way to like kind of flip it on its head. And the fact that you get to choose and make choices on what you do, you know, that kind of lends to it. But for my money, that's been like my favorite thing with that character specifically in probably the last, I don't know, five, six years since, you know, the Dark Knight, the Nolan Dark Knight stuff. But I, I am really excited for the Batman. But if you haven't played them, I'm pretty sure they're pretty cheap. They're not that hard to go through. You could probably get them. I know that company's bankrupt now, but still, I think they're available somewhere. If yeah. you haven't played them, they're worth, you know, checking out. To kind of dovetail on Patrick's point, um, maybe give it a little more detail. Um, we've had basically two iterations of Batman on film, right? We've had uh, and this is, you know, since 89, uh, I'll kind of boil them down to the two different versions of them. We've had Batman Year One, and we've had Dark Knight Returns. And if it's not 
one of those wholly in a film. It's a spectrum in between those two points. Mm -hmm. And what I'm getting tired of in film is that those are your only two extremes for Batman, right? There is so much more to the character than just Batman year one and, and Dark Knight Returns. And while I love BVS for what it ended up giving me, you know, fans were saying for years that they wanted to see Dark Knight Returns Batman in live action, and then they got him, and then they bitched that they had him. Right. Um, because that's what fanboys do. I never wanted that Batman. I want Batman, Batman. You know, I want, I want the Bat family. I want Nightwing. I want Robin. I want, you know, the stuff that most... Uh, most logically we're never going to get in film because they don't play well. And while the Batman seems interesting, it still seems like year one Batman taken to its next logical extreme. Mm -hmm. So, and I just want, I want either the Batman premise to take a break for a little while or go somewhere else. Do a Spider-Man, an MCU Spider-Man. Take the things that we know and get rid of them and tell new stories. Like throw out the origin stuff, throw out the stuff we've seen and explore other aspects of the character. Because it works when you do it, particularly with something that says shop worn as Batman or Spider-Man or Superman for that matter. Like as great as Henry Cavill was in Man of Steel and as, as kind of tried and true as that origin version of superman is i think pound for pound the best superman i've seen in the last 10 years is superman and lois which is now airing on the cw where we've taken them out of their standard tropes and now they're married they have two kids they're going through a completely different style of story and he's still superman in the mix of that and i think Mm -hmm. i think that's what batman needs as well I think that's beautifully stated and yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. I, I hope, I think the promise of this Matt Reeves, Batman, the Batman is that yes, it's still going to be gritty and dark and edgy and very Nolan influenced very much in that direction and still have a lot of the Frank Miller DNA. But I think right. if they really do lean into giving us a mystery a case for him to solve that that alone and really like having a smartly plotted film, a, a true detective story with a lot of twists and turns and red herrings and an ultimate payoff. That is not what you see coming. I think that alone will feel markedly different, but I agree there. I, I would like to see room for, um, you know, a completely different vision to come in and like, yeah. well, hey, I, my my Batman is actually, you know, Batman 66. I'm an Adam West guy. So I want to go sure. more back to those roots. And I want to have something that can be wild and fun and maybe almost like a, a Birds of Prey-esque like sense of anarchy and craziness, but applied right. to Batman, but with a little more light poppiness to it. I think that's that's a doable thing as well. And I think he it's a and it's an incredibly durable character, but I agree with you. I think they've been 
kind of stuck in the same space with navigating like well everybody has this association with like he's he's the dark brooding badass like everything's got to be gritty and soaked in like regret and grief over the parents even though most of the time we're dealing with a you know a fully aged gray-haired man in the case of Affleck in this movie um that is still you know reduced to reduced to his childhood at the drop of a hat um anyways yeah um and that's that's yeah. why I think the promise of Flashpoint the last time we were kind of given the uh, the update mm-hmm. what it is if they deliver on that if it really is the key that unlocks the DC multiverse and then everything is possible I think that would that would be a great thing um and cuz the the basic statement that they uh, announced last year at DC fandom I don't know if you followed that any of that uh, was that they were tying into the multiverse of the sh- of the TV series and trying to kind of weave this larger thing where all stories matter. Mm-hmm. So you could have Keaton's Batman existing alongside Affleck's Batman in Flashpoint, both of them in the same film, and you could still have your uh, Cedric Diggory Batman hanging out on the side. <laughs> okay. I think if they leaned into that, like they were talking about, and they really follow through, I think that would separate them from the MCU uh, and would open things up to have a a Batman 66 style Batman for the people who want it and a grim and gritty Batman for the people who want that. And then you kind of pick where you go. Uh, And that's why I wanted to make sure that if we were talking about the DCU going forward, that, that you watched that that piece of footage that was constructed by Andy Machete and the people who do the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, because the context behind that is that wasn't going to be in crisis. They pitched that Andy Machete pitched that to the, the show people like, Hey, you're doing crisis. Gotcha. Can our flash be on your show? And they worked out this thing with Jim Lee, who was kind of taking, or at that point was kind of taking the role of, shepherding every project to build a story that had them meet in the middle of crisis on the tv series see i feel like that flash i feel like we need to get jeff johns completely out of the equation and jim lee needs to be their kevin feige like i agree going forward i don't know if he has any <laughs> interest in being that guy but that's that's who i would feel comfortable kind of laying it at the feet of um oh. If I'd even throw in like I don't know Greg Capullo, I like his runs and stuff. Like you know, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't disagree with that at all. I love I love I don't people who rip off McFarland. These are these are people um, who actually write and draw some of this stuff on the page before it you know makes its way into the cinematic universe. Yeah. Um, okay. And when you when yeah when you were saying who's in charge. That would be the answer. It would be Jim Lee, and that would make sense. But you'd and actually have to let them brother do it. Now, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah totally, totally. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I had to. I had to. I'm sorry. Was, I didn't know if it was going to play well. I just threw it out there. We can <laughs> do it in post. It's fine. Leave it in, dude. I want people on Twitter coming after you. That's what I want. Good thing I'm not on Twitter. We're here to provoke. That's what we're here to do. <laughs> 
That's the new strategy for 2021. (laughs) Sounds like provoking report. I don't know if you guys listened to our uh, in the bedroom slash uh, Renaissance Man episode, but I called out New York multiple times trying to start a feud. The entire the entire state, not just the city. I also called out Wood Apother on my Instagram tweet because, like, yeah, did he respond? By the way, not yet. I was amazed that that man, like, that's his own Instagram. That's not someone running it. I, I I couldn't tell. Couldn't tell. He seems to be more happy with the fact that like he's you know being an activist to make him and helping people than he's ever in a movie, which is kind of cool. That's why I had to be like, we're just kidding. He did a great performance. We're not talking about really hating him. We just hate Pedro Cruz. We but, renamed him Pedro Cruz because he looks like if you took Pedro Pascal and Tom Cruise and smushed their faces together. That is what William Maypother looks like. I see it. Yes. Okay. Um, let's get him in a DC movie. Let's cast him. Okay. Uh, what, any other thoughts, guys? Anything else you want to address? I, I have so many thoughts, but none of them are really bigger than it's better than it was, but it's still not great. Um, it's, it's Pedro Pascal, you know, it's life is good, but it could be better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> at, 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 at least this isn't Justice League Avengers 2. Yeah. Uh, like Whedon turned uh, the end of Justice League into. It's like, oh, it's a look, it's a worse version of Sokovia. Yes. Um, yeah. Definitely the, the big final fight plays a lot better. Again, the Cyborg and Flash editions, we needed them. That definitely, that's the most welcome editions by far. Uh, the nightmare stuff, the the um, flashback sequences, etc., the very Snydery moments. Um, yeah, I feel like your mileage may vary. I personally, again, the audacity of that epilogue, I really respect it and I enjoyed it. And I will say, I will probably go back and watch that little section before I'll watch anything else from this movie again. Not that I plan on revisiting anything. But I would revisit that 15 minutes. See, I can't stand it. Like, because it And I me totally off. understand you. I'd like well, I and I don't begrudge you at all for feeling that way. Like it it took him it took him three movies, but he finally got everything back to a sense of hope. Like I'm disappointed right. in it, <laughs> but here we are. We're we're on the groundswell. They had the heroes, their moment, and they were capes flaring, and then they're together, and there's a sense of hope and Oh look! There's the Martian Manhunter. It's great, um, and then but the whole the whole epilogue just takes it away. It's like, but by the way, guys, I gave you Superman, but you know what? He's fucking evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it it robbed it, everything. It's like, oh, we're back on this again. Dump. And, and it it really kind of it, visually, I'm not sure I like how it connects with that last hopeful shot of the the classic Superman rip to reveal the black and white costume. Right. And then the full very... color Superman is the monster. Right. Like, that was a little confusing. Yeah. I think it played well in the fact that like he did incessantly beat the shit out of Steppenwolf. And I was like, oh, it's there. It's right below the surface. As soon as she's gone right. on a dime, he's going to be like, all right, I'm, I'm killing sure. her. So I think it also but, it also just does ultimately feel weird that it's like this was the anxiety of BVS like that 
he's this uncontrollable entity and he may go bad sometime. And then we came around to an understanding and like, we're bros again now, but you're telling me that inevitably we're still going to end up in the same place where I'm going to have to take this guy down. And it's like, if we knew we were actually building building blocks to get to that moment, there would be a lot of baked in tragedy of these two guys who had basically become brothers in arms who are now divided once again. But in, because we know we're not going to get any of that and it's, it's in this little truncated 15 minute scene. It does kind of feel weird to be like, well, I thought we were over that. And then we immediately revert back to it. Exactly. Like you're saying, Patrick, where it's like, I, I showed you a grand hopeful ending. And then I kind of just like, just pulled it right back out from under you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you are muted to Noah. You're going to have to come back next week and read the next issue. So he has to do something to keep you coming back for the next one. Even if you don't get it, because, you know, would would this have played better for you, brother, if it was uh, four hour long installments or if it was broken up by chapters and we got it week to week, like we're about to get Falcon and Winter Soldier? Would you have been more excited to watch it that way? Oh, no, I was excited to watch it regardless. I just think that it, I, it would, no, it would not have played well for me to break it up hour by hour um, or break it down to a TV thing. I need this to be a big, grandiose. I needed this four hours for me to be like, all right, you're done. Mm-hmm. You're, like, it's out of your system, okay? You did. <laughs> you purged Thanks. yourself. Yes. Yeah, you did purge. That's great. Go do something else. Go do something original, okay? Go make something that has nothing to do with anything else, okay? Go make, if you want to be Michael Bay, go make your six underground. Uh, is, is, is that some sure. kind of material? I don't think so. So go do that. Go write, go write and make something that has nothing to do with an established property. Think of your own thing. It can be a blatant ripoff of, of something cool, and you're just you know changing the names to make yourself look cool. I don't care. But just stop dealing in things that have a set thing already that you're just, we know how good you are with the camera. You're better than me with the camera. I don't know if you need to hear that, but you are. There you go. You're great in your time. But if anything, this should show you. You, you. you put it all out there. You left it all in the field. You know, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Just pick <laughs> it up with, 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 with a smile on your face. Right on out into that sunset. And just don't fucking ever come back ever again. Like, just be done trying to make these. Just go do something else, please. There are so many other people who, you know, would kill and could probably do something with this that someone else hadn't done before. And are they going to get shit on on it? Maybe. But if they're the one that makes the one you guys are talking about that has like pulls all these different elements in of Batman or other characters and lets us sit with it for a little bit and lets us feel like, okay, I know who that is. And yes, you know, Diana is worried about like, you know, all these different things. Or yes, you know, the emotional stakes of, of Clark dying, coming back. He's still a God. He loves this woman and this future that could have all that. There's probably somebody out there who can do that, but you're not going to find it with Zack Snyder. So I appreciate that this was all he had to give us. I don't want any more. And if you're going to do it, release it like, you know, in a, a Blu-ray thing where it's like $50 and there's eight different cuts of your movie. Like, that's fine. Just don't try and be the guy to do it anymore because you've had ample time. And this is as far as we've gotten. It's not bad. I'm not upset that you did Just thinking somebody else could probably do a little bit better at this point. I wouldn't have said that 10 years ago, 
But now I'm like, yeah, no, somebody else can do better. We I the do, four of us could do better. Like seriously. I do think at the end of the day, bottom line, did did we need this? No. I am also, you know, reservedly glad that we got it. And I think it is cool on a certain level that Warner Brothers was like, hey, you basically went through like the absolute worst possible set of circumstances that a director could be dealing with while you're trying to finish a project. You had to step away from it. It was essentially hijacked from you, bastardized and not your original intent. And I do respect the fact that they let him come back and do what he wanted to do for good or ill. He got to come back and make the movie he wanted to make. He gets to make his final statement. And I also echo what you say, Gab, which is like, I don't think I need any more from him. Although I would be semi curious what he would do with a flashpoint scenario. If he was the one bringing it all together. And you've seen that YouTube clip where the kid explains to you how to fix this universe, right? I've shown you that. I think so. Where he like says you should go through time and do like a time bandits hijink thing with Barry going through different time periods. And like he winds up in the 60s and you do like CG Adam West Batman. He winds up in the 70s and you have CG like um, Christopher Reeve and whatnot. And you have to pull somebody from each one to like fix your thing. But you anchor it with... Um, you anchor it with the uh, what OG Batman. What is I'm blanking on Michael the Keaton? Yes, Keaton. you anchor it with Michael Keaton being Batman in the future as Thomas Wayne explaining him how to fix the problems that he's created by trying to I think I think a giant rollicking pseudo version of Flashpoint cross with some a little bit of infinity war on or excuse me, endgame, where it's let's go back through not the history of the current DCU, but we're going to all of a sudden tell you that everything counts and we well, could they tried to do that in Wonder Woman any of these. Yeah. So it's a bit of that because I mean, it's, it's, and essentially that little clip came out a while back. So when that showed up in infinity war, I was like, Oh, somebody from Marvel stole this from this YouTube, this <laughs> YouTube page. He should be suing them right now. Cause it was like, he was, a, he said it like 10 years ago. This is what they should do to fix it. So Yeah. And theoretically, that's what they're doing, or at yeah, least claiming they're going to do. I would hope so. I mean, I mean, I want to see. I mean, that's what I said. My, my what's my fourth point is like it's it shouldn't be. Um, we need to catch up. It should be like this is our time. Like it doesn't matter what Marvel's done. It doesn't matter what kind of money they have. What kind of share of the prop uh, the market share they have in terms of movies and whatnot. Just do your thing the way you want to do it. And I don't know if that gets accomplished. Like again, without somebody at the helm to say. This is what DC is. This is what we are. We're not, you know, the flashy this. We're not do that. We're, we're making these movies for our core audiences. And we could give a shit if we get returns on, you know, trying to pull in the Marvel of people who are just coming to watch it for competition or like trying to make new people. We're here to make these for the people that want to watch them. We don't want to make it for everybody from age five to age, you know, 35. We care about the kids who have grown up watching this there's there's just no i feel like there's just at the helm there's nobody there's nobody riding the ship or driving the ship right now Well, so the point where and i don't know if you'll ever see them move into anything lighter outside of the shazam movies that exist because we just saw them do a joker movie which we haven't mentioned once on this podcast that is 
one of the highest grossing superhero films of all time and is by far their most successful. And it's also their darkest. And I have a lot of problems with that movie. I know Gavin loves it. I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like the success of that movie um, has encouraged them, if anything, that like we can do these hard R versions of these characters as well. And we can lean into it and look how successful this one was. So I don't know how hard it becomes to convince people like maybe we do, maybe there's room for all of these different shades and versions of these iconic characters. Maybe we can have, you know, a light Batman. Light-ish. I, I think <laughs> the overall strategy of HBO Max is the thing that might actually be the salvation of the DC universe here. Um the idea that HBO Max is willing to do short form narrative films and miniseries with DC content that's above and beyond what's happening in, in the theater and above and beyond what's happening on the CW, I think might be the thing that opens up the door for them to explore in different areas. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You've got the Green Lantern series coming. Uh, there's uh, two other, I can't remember what they were, but there's two other DC miniseries that are coming to HBO Max. There's another movie that they're talking about, and there's still a rumored, and this is again rumor, but there's still a rumored Superman show that's supposed to pick up with Brandon Routh as Superman. And be lovely. It, yeah. And if that were to happen, I would be 100% on board. What's, uh, what's Dean Kane doing these days? Can we get uh, being a horrible person? I was gonna say, is that, is that Dean Kane? Is that Dean Kane? Yes, <laughs> that uh, that is in fact Dean Kane. Now he kind of fell off the deep end. I don't know if you've kept up with his uh, his social media presence, Gavin. But uh, no, no. If 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 you don't, if celebrities are being bad, I don't know about it unless you tell me. Okay, because I just assume they're when, all yeah. They all have hearts of gold, and they're just doing the best they can. So until you tell me that they've done wrong. I don't know about it. Dean Kane's just out there trying to make America great again. That's all you need I'm sure, to know. I'm sure oh, he yeah. is, Noah. He did his he did the best he could in the nineties and God bless him for it. But you know, it and is that's what happens when you play football for Princeton. Yeah. <laughs> that's where they all end up. That's where they all end up. Whoa, no, wait a minute. He played football for Temple. Nah, okay. Oh, wait a minute. We're not never mind. Two different two different people are talking about. Who are you oh. talking about? Bill Cosby. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Great note to end on. I love how you always <laughs> set us up for a perfect exit, Gavin. Uh, Jesus Christ. I'll set it up if you knock it down. <laughs> okay. Thanks for having us. Glad uh, we guys, came back today. Yeah, uh, we really appreciate it. So we're, we're rounding things out here, I think. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. Lovely having all, all of the Blanchards together. We know we have one on the docket that is guaranteed for this year, which is when we finally do get Halloween Kills. Yes. Uh, Hello we Kills. Will, we will be covering it um, as is sort of tradition now, uh, based on yes. one other movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, we definitely, this we is so much easier than, yes. than Daisy chaining the, the messenger calls. Oh, yeah. And you don't sure. remember, you never for saw, sure. you never got to see Gavin and I with the split head audio jacks sitting near each other, sharing, hovered around one the phone. Yes. 
Um, you didn't see any of that. So or the two hour drive uh, home after we did because you didn't see us doing the same thing on the opposite. Well, side. There and you then go. Cl- and then <laughs> cleaning up and crashing on Matthew's couch. Yes, uh-huh. uh, that was yeah. a that was a long night. Definitely a good yes, night though. Uh, yeah. So we and we do know for a fact we are getting Halloween kills. Jason Blum has promised. Hey, it's coming out in October over my dead body. Like it, it will, or, you know, or I'm not Jason. It's it's definitely happening. So we know we have that coming up. Um, I will tease this now while we've got you guys here and let our audience know uh, we're coming up on an anniversary in May. May 1st will be our four year anniversary and the start of year five. The brothers Blanchard have done seasons worth of amazing content mainly in the horror genre for us. So we will be launching their as of yet unnamed feed with all of their back catalog uh, for you guys to go explore if you haven't done so already. Uh, Got Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Evil Dead, The Hatchet Franchise, Scream, Halloween, uh, we're gonna get the prowler in somehow exactly yeah you guys <laughs> should definitely <laughs> just start doing some one-offs they don't have to be franchises but anyways that will be a brand new feed that you guys can go listen to the brothers blanchard on catch up on all of their previous episodes and whatever the hell they're going to do in the future uh but also that month we will kick things off with a little crossover episode of two by two retro reviews uh which gavin and i have been doing for uh a two seasons now we're in the midst of season two we're enjoying it but we thought let's get the, the cousins in on the game so movies that have been mentioned prior and we didn't officially settle on this patrick suggested martha marcy may marlene beautiful tie-in with wandavision which just ended you got elizabeth olsen okay and a beautiful tie-in with what was going to be my pick and i think gavin might be okay with which is bellflower a a fan favorite movie here at the RKB Network, which also came out in 2011. It, it meets the 10-year rule. We try and do movies that are at least 10 years old. So it's their 10-year anniversary. Uh, they're both indie movies uh, of varying levels of success commercially. But uh, I think they're both worth talking about. They're both debut features. I think it's a good pairing. But if you guys have any other suggestions in the moment right now, or if any of our listeners want to shout some stuff out, you're more than welcome to the archive at gmail.com is where you can suggest those sorts of things. But uh, yeah, we're going to do some sort of two by two crossover uh, to kind of reintroduce. This is your reintroduction to the network, if you will, but that will be your, the official kickoff of you guys being back semi-regularly on your own feed. And so we'll, we'll post that in both places. Gavin, I see you looking quizzically over there. Does that sound like a good pairing to you? Only two things. I don't know if I'm allowed to like, indie movies <laughs> but i like bellflower the other thing is i refuse to talk about anything colt wolf until i get chuck hank and the san diego twins so okay well you and i you and i I'll can do, suggest no, 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 no. I'll, I'll do it i'll do it i'll talk bellflower <laughs> just okay. know that i'm not going to be happy about it because of the state of chuck hank and the san diego twins okay, okay. all and, right and matt and pat are definitely looking at us like what the hell are you guys talking about we'll fill you in on all of that and more uh, if and when we record that episode, but something to something to keep in mind for next time. And we do have more content from the Brothers Blanchard and more all Blanchard reviews in our future. This is a very nice, fun way 
to get together. And I don't know why it took us a full year into this global pandemic to finally get on board with Zoom. Like no, most of the world brand. has been doing for months. Hey, that's a hundred percent on brand. We, we do everything months, months after it should have been done. That is totally our style. Yes. It uh, wouldn't be the Blanchards if we weren't late to the party. Yes. Yep. So, but shockingly, theoretically, we're going to have this episode up within like two days of the movie premiering. So that's, that might be a record of some sort. Yeah. yeah. I okay. So. <laughs> I don't know. We got 18 up pretty quick. We did. And uh, we did a, uh, I don't know if you caught our uh, New Year's Day hangover binge along of Cobra Kai season three, where we marathon through the entire series or season rather, and podcasted about it throughout and then posted it that day before most people had finished it. So that might be the record. I specifically avoided it because I have not watched it yet. Okay. Well, any of the seasons I've not watched any of Cobra. We're both here to tell you that regard. Oh, no, 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 no. Excuse me. Sorry. I, I almost forgot. Okay, we can do the previous pairing we mentioned, but we teased this forever ago that we would do Rocky versus the Karate Kid. Oh, I'm down. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. We did say we would do Rocky versus Yes. God, we said that years ago. Yes. Yes. I'm in. Okay. I'm on Team Rocky Kid. I'm on Team Rocky. I'm on Team Rocky Kid. We Rocky Kid, okay. They're the same fucking movie, guys. They are the same I mean, fucking movie. I mean, Doesn't they are. Bill but, Conti do the score for you, both. You could, you could argue, and they're both directed by John Avildsen. You could argue that Avildsen perfected the formula when he got to Karate Kid. He perfected it. No, sir. Rocky's no, just sir. a trial he run, baby. That's on, what I'm right. saying. Rocky's the trial run. Karate Kid is the the perfecting of it to its final perfected form which is Rocky V. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm just, now in my head, I'm just like Miyagi versus Nikki. <laughs> oh, dude, there's so many debates to be had. We can stack up the, the franchise villains. That's the other thing we had teased, which was you guys would go through all of the Rocky movies. We would do all of the Karate Kids, and then we would do a face-off episode where we pitted the movies against each other in a franchise episode. But I think the perfect kickoff would be we do the og rocky and the original karate kid in a straight up two by two crossover review i think that would be incredible Perfect. i think we just nailed it okay yep we will yeah. decide on a time off i'm mic, off this weekend but, hey everybody we don't need uh your suggestions because that's what we're gonna do uh so look forward to that episode it's gonna be a fun time thank you once again to the brothers blanchard for joining us uh thank you to gavin as well uh you guys feel free to say bye in your own unique way. I love all of you. And I appreciate anybody who stuck with us through two and a half hours. But if you, if you put in four on justice league, I, I think two and a half hours was probably blissfully short. So there you go. Sure. Don't, don't sure. worry. We'll, we'll cut down on all of our slow-mo talk. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to put well, some no, of that in there. We got to throw it. No, we have to put the slow-mo talk in yes. to pad this out. How are we going to get to a truly Zack Snyder length? Dude, we got to hit 402. We got to hit 402. Quick, Noah, fuck your screen up again. Let's just do with that. We'll just (laughs) for another 30 minutes. Yeah, for sure. I'll get right on that. Um, You just minimize the screen and we'll have Junkie XL putting some music where it's like, yes, let's definitely do that. We agree. We agree. Same bad time, same bad channel next weekend, right? 
I'm totally down. I'm just, I don't know what we would talk about. Let's just do it. We could just check in. It'd be fun. Yes. We and we, regardless, we will schedule uh, the aforementioned two by two. And of we'll course. start rewatching those this week. Uh, yes. Thank you once again, gentlemen. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, for the Arc of E podcast, I have been Noah. And I've been Gavin. I've been Matthew. I'm still Patrick. <laughs> and we've still been the Blanchard Cousins. Cousins. <laughs> and we've been watching Zack Snyder's Justice League. And it was quite a time. Thank you for joining us. We, 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 will, yes, we will talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening. Kick it off if everybody is ready to roll. Hello and welcome back to the Arc of E podcast. My name is Noah. Gavin, this is like this is like the normal intro, and then we're gonna introduce that we have guests. Oh, okay. You're pointing at three but three other people. Yeah. On my screen, this is where you are. (laughs) Okay, where's where's Matt? Show me where Matt is. Matt's, Matt's right there. <laughs> There's Patrick. on the doll <laughs> where he touched you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is great. This is all staying in the episode, by the way. Okay. And then, so, then yeah, it should totally be the intro. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or at the very least, this should be an Easter egg at the end. Very, very much so. Okay, so I'm going to try that one more time. I'm going to kick it to you, Gav. Are we recording the video for this too? Because that'd be great. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. Recording. Yeah. Okay. That can be uh that could be a Patreon exclusive at the Ooh, at the fifteen dollar tier. <laughs> yeah, no shit. The tier I haven't invented yet. Uh yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna throw to you, brother. Are you ready? Sure, I'm ready. Oh my god, such enthusiasm. <clears throat> are are you doing a different mic now? What are we doing here? I'm just holding this here and recording on my my trusty task cam. Okay, yeah. just in case. Yeah. Plus, I mean, oh it's got God. it's. A, everybody else has a mic in front of them. What am I supposed to do? Sit here like an asshole and not do anything? I like it. Okay. I mean, let's roll. Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and three. Clear two, one. mechanism. <clears throat> Like, can we can we all just say like one two three Blanchards as the ride out like together like <laughs> put our hands in the middle and like break? You got to count to four though. Four one, hours. Two, three, oh, one, okay. two, three, three, four. four Blanchards. Blanchards. <laughs> uh, yep, that was so well coordinated. It, 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 tr- truly, truly perfection. Uh, you get this video, but you get no audio. You got to tell me what, Kevin. I I was 
mom called me the other day to tell me she was going out of town and she's like i'm in the middle of banshee and i died i started laughing so hard <laughs> on my work phone and i i you can we can, i just i needed to tell you that right now because it just popped into my head that i thought you would find that hilarious wait well, isn't there a lot of sex stuff in that so much every episode yes dude. okay like the seat the here's the thing should be him did you, raising all the children he's had that he did didn't. you tell them though the origin story of this though i bet i was aware of banshee the show but never watched it when it was on because i didn't have cinemax about two months ago i'm on the phone with dad and he just I've never heard him more enthralled or excited about any piece of pop culture, movies, music, anything than he was about the show Banshee, which he apparently binged in the course of like a week and a half. And it, yeah, it's the most Chris Blanchard show ever. Every episode is bone breaking action, like three or four sex scenes, a lot of cursing and a lot of just like badassery. Um, it's a total like pulp fun badass show, and it's on HBO Max. But yeah, and it has. I can't believe we didn't bring this up. Excuse me. This can be part of the cast. We'll figure it out. It has uh, Anthony Starr, who is Homelander on The Boys. Do you guys watch The Boys? I've watched uh, both I seasons. You have watched the which one, Patrick? I've watched both. Okay, and you have not watched it at all, Matt. Nope. Matthew doesn't no, need no. to watch this show. Okay. This is what I was told trying, the last I'm, time I talked to Patrick. About I'm trying. I'm trying to protect my little brother here from the evils of what <laughs> is not Justice League. Here, he cannot watch this show. Okay. <laughs> um, and you have no familiarity with the source material at all. I, I no? am. I am familiar with the source material. I okay. Show. Well, Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander on the show, is the lead in Banshee and is incredible on both shows, regardless of how you feel about the content. It's a fantastic performance in, in both series. I And I would just I would tell you that like a couple weeks ago, I was at a like we were doing a karaoke thing at a uh, family friend's house. And I mentioned to him like I'm midway through it. He proceeded to tell everyone at this little get together. Oh, you got to watch Banshee. It's got everything. It's got action. It's got violence. It's got sex. It's got the Amish. It's got Indians. He was going on and on about this show to random people who like have probably like like Noah has said has never heard him mention anything about watching any kind of TV whatsoever. So I think his personal goal now is to just get everybody to watch that show. Yeah, it really lit Dad's world mom on fire. Know, never seen like, him more excited about a show. Yes, so weird. Anyways, all right, guys, good. Feel good about it. I, I feel good uh, as long as you guys feel good. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Can we, uh, think, can we just run I it think back? we've made the right call here with uh, with, with Rocky. Absolutely. Rocky and the Karate Kid's a fantastic pair. For sure. Smooth. I'm glad you remembered that because I was like, yeah. Yeah, I, that, was, that was a thought I, at least like two and a half years ago probably, but I always thought that one was worth uh, approaching again. And again, maybe it tees you guys off to like you guys can go through the franchise. Maybe Gavin and I will revisit the, uh, the original saga because it is four, I guess. We don't count the, uh, the Jaden Smith version that is not part of our continuity. Anyways. Um, I mean, that brings up questions like Creed? Creed technically, I mean... Creed one, yes. Creed, yes, Creed one. Rocky uh-huh. is a boxing yeah. film. Rocky is all about boxing, and the Karate Kid with Jaden Smith is Jackie Chan teaching, like, 
Hong Kong Kung Fu-ish stuff to a child. Like, no karate whatsoever. It's, it's not good. Not a different. good film. No, not, not, not <laughs> I still haven't seen it. So. I still haven't seen it either. Don't, yeah. don't waste your time. Well, I haven't either. I just know in my heart it's not a good movie. And we will probably spend most of the cast telling you guys to do this, but, like, legit, regardless of your level of affinity for the Karate Kid and the franchise as a whole, Cobra Kai is literally the best possible version of we're resurrecting something so far past its prime where you think like there's nothing about this that should work but it is done with such skill and love and investment from people who like live and breathe this franchise in the way that I feel like Gavin and I do like our level of fandom probably the way you guys feel about certain aspects of the Rocky franchise but every single decision they make for what to do with this story this many years later is note perfect and we are trying to constantly second guess them and figure out where they're going with it next and it always tops even our best like fan theory type versions of things they will do better than that and it's it's incredible stuff regardless of how strongly you feel about it it is one of the best late period resurrections of a thing for a different medium that a hundred percent works like it's it's pretty flawless in our mind you may not feel as strongly if you don't have the level of attachment with the original series but regardless it's on netflix i think i I think you should give it a spin at some point and see how they integrate uh, especially the first season how they integrate that first movie into the current narrative Okay, I'm all about the Karate Kid and the Karate Kid Part Two. You tap hear, out at three. I hear there's other. I hear there's a third one, but oh when, when when Hillary Swank takes over, that's my jam. Oh, dude, you got to watch the third one. It's the best one. No, it's the, not. The third, dude, Terry. No, no, we'll, it's not. We'll get into this on the cast, but yes. Terry Silver is one of the three best villains in movie history. You know, he's like six months younger than Ralph Macchio. What? Is that real, Tig? Is that possible? I do believe so. You I gotta check this out. I have seen have, it on Twitter have you multiple guys, times. Have you guys ever seen Excessive Force? Wait, what? Isn't that one of those uh, Excessive Force? Thomas Ian e. Griffith. Uh, who else Is was that? A Seagal? Is that a Seagal one? No, it's Thomas Ian e. Griffith as the lead. Noah, uh, Noah, Noah. What? Listen. November 4th, 1961. Okay, that's Machio. Okay. March 18th, 1962, Thomas Ian Griffith. That's so wild, dude. I would have never guessed that. Fucking shit, that is wild. (laughs) You just blew our minds, dude. I hang out on Twitter a lot. (laughs) Well, God bless you. Not to spoil Cobra Kai for you, but Thomas Ian Griffith is definitely showing up next season. Season four. Yeah, I've heard that because I've heard that uh, Peyton List is his daughter. That's the current fan. That's theory. the current fan that's theory. What, yeah, that's what we're thinking. Yeah, very, very high possibility. But to be fair, Gavin and I did call that in the first season. We were like, "Well, clearly, this has got to be Terry Silver's daughter." But um, yeah, again, they'll probably subvert our expectations, and it'll be even better. All right, guys, it's midnight. Ready to call it a night? Yeah, I think so. <laughs>